We're back. I feel like we should go through the list. Like name the list or go through the list? Name the list. Name the list. Okay. Name the list. I agree. Okay, so these are the, as decided by us, by going through all the games that we played, these are the 21 best games Yeah. of 2019. So here we have, and I'll name them all in alphabetical order, Baba is You, Death Stranding, Devotion, Disco Elysium, East Shade, Fire Emblem Three Houses, Heaven's Vault, It's Winter, Kids, Kind Words, Lo-Fi Chilled Beats to Write to, Life is Strange 2, Mutazione, Outer Wilds, Pathologic 2, Resident Evil 2 2019, Sayonara Wild Hearts, Sekiro Shadows Die Twice, Super Mario Maker 2, Telling Lies, Watam, and Wilmot's Warehouse. It's an incredible list of games. Uh, it, it is. A, it was really an incredible year, I think, too. Uh, I feel if you're just looking at AAA, it feels a little slight. 2019 doesn't have that many good AAA games, but like if you're looking a little outside, there's a lot of you know indie games, but very big indie game like a Disco Elysium, like uh, Evans Vault is really big too, and uh, Sayonara was a pretty big game. I don't want to say like it's a first for indie game because it, it's definitely not, but that there's so many big indie games coming out in a year, it felt like pretty impossible to yeah, follow. Really, really highly produced indie games that it's yeah yeah as you said hard to follow, like almost hard to know where to put your energy yeah in a year like this. Again, we I should emphasize that we always this whole process now we have to whittle this this list away from twenty one down to ten. So it's going to sound negative, but these games are all damn good. And the thing is, uh, we haven't talked that much about any of these games. So before cutting any, we need to talk a Discuss little about them. Discuss them at large, yeah. yeah. How do we want to do this? Do we want to just nominate games and cut them? Or... I feel it's better because last year I remember telling you, oh, I'm pretty sure you have those three, I think, in the list and uh, we can put those aside. But the problem is that gave away... It gave away too much. Yeah. yeah, it gave away too much. So I feel it's better to go around and try seeing what we could cut. So it doesn't give straight away because like there's a few games that I'm pretty sure are going to get there. And like if I name them right now, uh, you're going to know that they're going to be number one, two, three, four. Yeah, but, yeah, agreed. Okay, completely agreed. All right, would you like to make the first cut? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I was slightly disappointed by Telling Lies. You want to start with yeah, Telling Lies? Yeah, I want to start with Telling Lies. This is... Uh, so I have I, I have my notes. Okay. Right? I, have my, I have my list of notes, and um, I put every single game and their information, and Telling Lies is one that I have written C notes because <laughs> there are infinite things to say <laughs> uh, about Telling Lies. Uh, why don't you start by disclosing why you were disappointed i mean i was a little bit disappointed i do think it tells a great story and i do still love the mechanic it used to tell its great story i do feel it gets a little bogged down in a way that uh, her story didn't because her story is just a little three hours thing that gets in gets out and it's great i do uh think that telling lies ends up playing on the same beats i'm not saying it's the same story but the same beats in that who are you playing as is going to inform the, st- the story later and uh, the, the way it evolves is uh, very similar to our story. My problem I had with Telling Lies is I saw where it was going very quickly, but I still played five hours of it after I knew 
where it was going. So it felt I was just informing lore of a story I already knew about. I completely agree that the yeah the issue with Telling Lies is, I, I th- or not, it's not the single issue with Telling Lies. In fact, Telling Lies is a really interesting game because it has so many issues actually. But I agree with you that knowing that like figuring that the, the plot being a straightforward thriller and us all kind of being familiar with what a straightforward thriller looks like and the plot beats of it makes it um, a bit too predictable. We also spent an extra five hours just kind of digging through video clips because we were enjoying the material and to not be rewarded with some type of revelation was a little bit disappointing. One of the things that works so well about her story is the almost fantastic element of it where you're not quite sure like, wait, is could there be something else going on here than what I what I'm perceiving? Because at first you're trying to parse: are these two sisters? Are they twins? Are that you know? How is this all working? So I I agree with all that. I also think that unlike her story, I think this game has um, a UI issue. Like I, I think that her story has the theming of her story is better. Like the sights and sounds and the way sometimes the your face reflects against the glass of the cathode ray tube and stuff like that all works really well. And telling lies is a a bit more straight faced. In right. what it does, uh, I'll tell you. I think my my secret my secret biggest issue with telling lies is that they have. Um, I don't think it uses space very well at all. Uh, there's a big revelation towards the end where you see. Um, I don't remember the characters' names, but you see the main the the agent shows up at the webcam girl's uh, right place, and it's the first time that you sort of see a wide shot of the area. And I had this moment where I was like, wait a minute why don't we see so much more of these spaces and the places right. where the characters are? Like most of this game could have been done in front of a white, just a white background. Um, and you would forget, like you never get a good sense for, oh, this is their home this is where they raise their kid. Like the, the spaces don't become characters in their own right. And given the high production value of it, it would have been nice to see that stuff manifest. I'm, I'm okay to cut it, but I would like to keep talking about telling lies for a little bit. Cause I think it's super uh, interesting. I, I was interested in, oh, uh, the story is much more political than our uh, story is. And there's a, like the main character that you follow is kind of a, a bad person. Yeah. He's kind of an asshole, but it's really good uh, at giving him empathy in the way, and the way you interact with those people make them really relatable quickly. And also the fact that he's lying to all those people, you kind of don't want to see those other people being hurt, so you kind of want his lie to never be uncovered because, like, you know the damage of him being uncovered, what the damage will be, and you kind of feel that you like the fantasy to still uh, go a little longer. I really like that. I think the performance are great. Um, there are some issues about the fact that you can see two videos in a row that talk about, well, that are just like two parts of the same conversation. And then there's a lot of overlaps because of that. But that being said, I do like seeing the actor acting, just reacting to other acting, basically. I, I think that's my favorite thing about the game, even though I think it's going to push most people away from it. Like, I kind of love the fact, the audacity of them, including all of this negative yeah like negative space and footage that is completely meaningless and it's like no it's in there of course you know why yeah. not well but those are fun um i don't know it's its own fun reward of just seeing when you know they're lying and all that stuff just seeing how they play up the the part and sometimes it's a little cheesy but it still works i do think the performance are really good for the for most of it it really is a game that lives in the shadow of its predecessor because I think it would be maybe a top 10 easily if uh, her story didn't exist. Uh, yeah, I, I'm inclined to agree. I, I I think, yeah, and it even does more than her story because of the budget. Like the things, even just being able to shoot at different times so that um, you can have things like beard length changing and stuff yeah. like that is so neat rather than just kind of like, oh, we got to rush all these shots in one one or two days or however yeah. long it is. 
I also think it's funny, we were talking over over supper about Midsummer and the way that there are three archetypes of men in that. I think that this is also what Telling Lies is doing. I think that the version of him that he plays to each different woman is supposed to be a version of a guy that right. just does shitty things. And I think that's interesting and isn't, I don't think it quite sticks to the landing. Like, I don't think he quite embodies each of those different archetypes, but I think it's a, it's a cool idea anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Telling Lies. It's a good game. I'm trying to think if I have anything else to add about telling lies. So do you agree we were cutting it? Though? I agree we cut it. Okay. I, agree we cut it. I have a, a last note here that I would like to record for posterity is that this game, one other issue I have with this game is that it doesn't stump you. Her story felt like a puzzle game. This, I never felt like it was a puzzle game. No. There's, there's infinite material and you'll yeah. you'll be done with the story long before you see it all. Yeah, I remember the first video I saw, I just took a page of notes of stuff I would search later. I never even finished that page of notes yeah is it we had so many yeah exactly exactly we had pages and pages of notes and we never got through it all because there was way too much yeah to see all right i'm gonna cut it it's your turn i think that uh baba's you is not one of the 10 best games of the year i think it might be but we're just too stupid for it i mean i definitely it definitely made me feel stupid okay I think I also kind of got a little bit irritated with, I think I got irritated with the with the the pacing of the game. Yeah, I don't know. I, I think that maybe there were there were instances where I wanted to see, and I'm sure this game has infinite depth and I didn't get far enough into it. I think there were instances where I would solve a puzzle and then kind of want to chew on that style of puzzle. Right. And it would, I, I think, yeah, I just think it would switch the, the sort of like tools you were working with maybe a little bit too quickly. And I bet it goes back to some of those more simplistic ones. But sometimes yeah, I'd be introduced to a completely new element. And I'd be like, okay, well, I just spent 45 minutes working on one puzzle. Can you give me one other puzzle that's not easier, but just sort of has the same rule set? Okay, I can't see that. Uh, the The problem I ended, ended up having a bit, uh, with Baba is You is that there's a really great puzzle ID behind there, but there's also the block pushing puzzle itself. And the block pushing is kind of boring. And sometimes some of the puzzle are not even about playing with the logic. Like I remember there's a puzzle, I, I think it's in the third world or fourth world, where you need to actually push a block, uh, a block of text in the lava to destroy some of the lava. And I was just like, I'm not playing with what's interesting about the game, which is rewriting the logic. I'm just actually pushing blocks. It's just that now the block is aware that I was kind of pissed at the game for doing that because it wasn't an interesting puzzler anymore. It was a puzzler similar to all the other that exists. But that, I mean, the game... The game uses its mechanic enough for it to be interesting. I'm not saying it doesn't, but like sometimes by trying to um, use every possibility and every permutation of that mechanic can have, it ends up having puzzled out too much about the block pushing and not about the logic itself. And that disappointed me a little. Conceptually, it's the one of the best concepts of the year that you just look at and you show people and it's like crazy. Yeah, and it, it's childish programming logic, but yeah. also has all the complexity of proper programming logic. Yeah. It's, it's cool. It also has more personality than it seems like it will. Uh, yeah. Not just the Baba is you and your friend is Keke and whatever. Like, yeah. All that stuff's great. One of my favorite things in the game is very early on, it has a poem. It's roses are red, violets are blue, Baba is you. <laughs> <laughs> and I, it made me so happy. I was like gleeful. Oh, this is a great game. Yeah, I didn't stick with it. I feel it's the issue you have with it too. So. I, I, I kept going back to it and kept, frankly, like, frankly, it's too hard for me and I would just get 
frustrated. I would look at it and go, ah, you know, I the satisfaction I would get was so huge, but then just like grinding to a halt every time um, right. made it hard to chew on. Okay. All right. So I feel it's hard already. Yeah, it's already very hard. Um. Uh, okay. I like Mario Maker 2 a lot. But I don't think Mario Maker 2 deserves to be on the list because it's too much of Mario Maker 1.5 with the... Don't think the, the, the new uh, controls are impossible to get over, but they're still not as good as the Wii U version, which is disappointing, but obviously the Switch doesn't have the same uh, the same possibility, so it makes sense. I, I do love that game still, and it just, feels, it just feels like it's the same thing. And there's some addition, but they're not that meaningful some are some are not but they also remove some stuff like the amiibo uh, functionality and like you cannot play as sonic anymore and you cannot play as a, a weird uh, leggy mario and all that stuff which is kind of disappointing and the way they treat i feel like the levels i've seen are better in uh, super mario maker 2 than in the first one but the interface to go through level is still not really that helpful yeah you're 100 percent right I, I and i wanted this game on the list because i think it's Super Mario Maker 2, and I think a lot of the things that we've said in the past about, you know, Mario Maker behaving as a a, a, a Bible of, like, classic Nintendo design that maybe maybe won't exist 20 years from now. Like, we'll, we'll see how 2D games evolve and how things work, um, and them just sort of, like, putting this package out that has everything that Nintendo's done, I think is still meaningful. Um, I do think this is a quantifiably worse game than Mario Maker 1. Yeah. Um, even with more tools, like, it's it's not, it lost the, it lost the fun, right? I, I still had fun creating level, but it's not as it, fun. It, I, I'm not saying that it's not fun. I'm saying that like it's the shaking a Goomba to give it, yeah. you know, to change it or changing elements by drawing on them or, you know, even the simple things. I know that a lot of people hated it, but I, I liked the way they parceled out components in the first game. I haven't checked that game and I'm like, oh, beep, beep, we have a delivery for you. It just feels so Nintendo. Right. Uh, and I feel like this one feels a little bit less like Nintendo. In fact, as much as I love this game, I do think it feels, it feels like a, portable version of the home console Mario mm-hmm. that was the Wii U one, um, even with more stuff in it. Right. I would also add that uh, I do think, though, that story mode is quite good. I think the writing is pretty good in it. It's better than it has any right to be. Yeah, it's it's top-notch Nintendo writing, and there's not very much of it, but everything yeah. that's there made me smile. And, and the dog's great. Yeah, the dog's great. Uh, the opening cutscene of it is like more... I mean, Luigi's Mansion obviously usurps it in terms of story, but I did have a moment even with this where I was like, this has a lot more story than I was expecting for this Mario Maker game. And, you know, there's still a moment where you put of all that, like, surprise you in an unexpected way. And it's like, this is the best thing ever. Mario is still great. I don't know. It's just I saw a lot of those surprises in the first game. And as you said, the first game is much better. Cool. These are all great games. <laughs> oh, my gosh. This list of games is remarkable. These are such good games. I I don't think that kids is one of the 10 best games of the year. You are? I'm uh, not sure. Can... <laughs> I'm not sure. Is... Okay, we can hang on to kids. Uh, why don't you all the same introduce kids? Uh, okay, kids is the new game from the developer of um, Plug and Play, which is uh, one of our personal classic. Uh, and kids is, uh, it's more like a thing you interact with on your phone or on your computer where you're controlling. Well, it's going to be a... A bunch of scene and in the scene there's going to be a few interactions available to you and they're not going to show you which interactions are available to you you're just like 
either pushing or clicking around so things interact with each other and you need to kind of find a goal of each team themselves except it's not really mechanical that way it's more like just you interacting with stuff happening on the screen and uh, a lot of it is around crowd movement so there's a bunch of like little black and white dude running around and you can control the crowd movement uh, with your finger on your phone and it's it's hard to quantify it's hard to evaluate as a game because it doesn't it doesn't exist in the same space of other game and i feel i've been uh, a lot more aware of uh, the small 15-20 minutes game that are existing in the HLIO space and uh, on phone and all that stuff and I still find that what those developers do is even different from those. Uh, the, all they use, they don't have writing, it's just like you understand, understand the teams by interacting with just a little thing around. I do think that's really impressive. The, some of the surprise is not there because we saw game and play, uh, plug and play before. And it's not as funny as plug and play is, but it has, um, aesthetically, I, I do find that it creates interesting stuff with the crowd and how the crowd move becomes like an interesting aesthetic itself. And I really like that. Yeah, I don't, I don't disagree with anything that you're saying. I, I think that it being diminished by us having already seen plug and play is, is definitely what what made me nominate it and i do think that we've we've um in the past we talked about the original plug and play and how that game is hysterical yeah but also secretly gets a little existential and kind of sad <laughs> and makes you feel things that are not just ah this is so funny yeah um and i didn't have that with kids it didn't um it didn't grab me and make me yeah i can see that I, I do feel, and it's done because we didn't have ex this experience with kids, but I do feel like having that on the screen somewhere that somebody can just like play with is kind of special. It's still cool. Yeah, yeah. I, I, agree. I agree. So how about you nominate? We'll leave kids for now, and how about you uh, make another pick here? Oh, now I see what I was supposed to pick. Okay. <laughs> now I see the one that I was like, oh, this is the one I should get rid of. I, I, I really have no idea right now what I can cut. I, I have one game I think I can cut because whatever but i'm not gonna name that one do you <laughs> gamifying this process do so you love oh my god do you love resident evil 2 that much no resident evil 2 is not gonna make this okay list. <laughs> i really wasn't sure. uh, resident evil 2 though is tremendously fun yeah um so this this game came out in january and i had just bought uh surround sound which i had never had before i'd never really experienced surround sound before outside of a theater um this game makes such amazing use of that surround sound where you'll have moments where a zombie's banging on a window and i have a speaker right near my window and it was um thrilling to be a part of it like it, it didn't i didn't find it scary but even just the um i don't remember the name of the character that's chasing you anymore uh, Mr. X. Yeah, Mr. X chasing you and then hearing the thumping behind mm. you. It, like it's um, the production is excellent and well put together. Uh, it's visually fantastic. I think it does a a really good job with claustrophobia in a way that I forgot that Resident Evil Four made me feel um, claustrophobia by being sort of swarmed rather than claustrophobia by like the spaces themselves being claustrophobic. So it really does evoke this. It's one of claustrophobia. I think is one of the things that's really cool about zombies because it is the they're easy to kill, but the mass of them, the way they... they... Yeah, and the slow creeping. Yeah. yeah, and so all of that's really present um, in this game. And like I said before, I think... I also think this is a 
a beacon of what a video game remake should be. Like I, it made it actually made me really upset. It made it made me retroactively angry that we've ever used the word remake about video games before. Because every other thing that we that we do in this industry is just like, oh, you know, it's a remix or it's a reimagining or oh, it's a new coat of paint. And I looked at this and was like, oh no, this is what this is what we should mean by remake. It, it's taking the story, it's taking the general vibe, and then completely changing it. Like yeah, you it takes place in a police station and then a sewer and then a facility but but it's nothing like people keep even in the games press people keep talking about this game and saying like oh you know it really captures that old game in that old game you moved like you pressed left on the d-pad and you would slowly pivot side to side it was Mm -hmm. a full-on mist where where you were like it was it was a struggle to navigate from room to room and in this game you're being swarmed by zombies and having to collect resources and manage it's a it's a fundamentally different game and I, i had such a good time with it yeah, uh, I haven't played it, obviously, because I'm too scared. The thing I'm going to say about this one is seeing it in previews, uh, before knowing it was going to be this good, I was a little disappointed to see them shy away from um, Resident Evil 7. Yeah, that's the other thing. Uh, this game would maybe be... I would maybe be fighting for it to be on this list if 7 weren't yeah. the one. Like, Seven's the one that really felt like it's pushing things forward. This- and I'm a little disappointed that this one got way more success than seven because maybe it means that they're not going to move in the direction of seven uh, in the future and i think that game was much more interesting i mean i would i would hope they do both because i yeah like if they do a resident evil 8 i I think seven is probably just too scary for most people yeah like i think a lot of people are just you know pushed away from it anyway we'll see but uh, yeah, the, the hopefully they would do their remake for three and maybe even a remake for four, r- using that style. And they're still gonna do Resident Evil Eight in first person, and uh, I'm not gonna play it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So while we're chopping some AAA games, Fire Emblem Three Houses is the next game I would cut. Okay. Okay, yeah, let's cut Fire Emblem Trousers. Uh, Fire Emblem Trousers could have been one of the best JRPG ever made if they stick the landing better. So the thing that makes Fire Emblem Trousers very interesting, except the fact that it's 80 hour and you have a lot of time to interact with every character, is that so you're a teacher, uh, it, it's a little in the style of an Harry Potter. You're a teacher and there's three houses um, with each their own uh, students. And all students in that game have interaction with each other, which creates like a ton of permutation. And uh, you're going to see the, these interaction depending on how much you use those students in the game itself. Uh, even though you pick a houses at the beginning, you have this theme for the rest of the game, but you can recruit other students and that kind of stuff. So you could play this game in many different ways and see like completely different story because it's impossible to see every story there is in this game and all those works is very interesting and they're not they're still a little cheesy anime interaction but they're still a little better than you would see in most anime so in in the houses i picked which was um the edelgard one i don't remember the name of the house but anyway there was a this lady that like is flirting with basically every noble person she finds and you understand later that she becomes she comes from a poor family but she's very pretty so she's just trying to marry rich and all that stuff like it's a little more there's a little more breadth to the politics of that game and at the uh, middle chapter of the game 
political stuff happen. And the three houses become basically the leader of their respective country, where they came from from the beginning of the game. And it's full-on war between those three countries. So you end up, in the later half of the game, you end up fighting character you were interacting with at the beginning of the game and actually killing some of those characters, even though you like them. And I do think that is very commendable and like heart-wrenching sometimes. Uh, that you go and kill character, and I do think the politics of that game are much more interesting than the politics of most anime games, though it does fall prey to the, 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 the trope of having um, a massive evil demon at the end of the game or whatever. I kind of wish like the boss of the game was just like one of the students I would have met at the beginning of the game. So The A-plus student. Yeah, the A-plus student. Uh, so that's one of the big flaw. The other uh, flaw with the game is that actual gameplay is not the best farmland they have. Um, I do think the game is way too easy on the normal mode. In a way that doesn't make sense. Like the 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 the, the level of difficulty is all over the place, but it's also too easy, and you cannot change it during the game. So like you started this eighty hour long game, that's just becoming too easy, and you're like, I'm not gonna restart twenty hours to get a the real experience so it makes um the experience of creating your character not creating your character but a big thing in this game is that you take a character from the start and you make them evolve the way you want so like if you really like that person as a knight you can like train somebody to become a real knight and all that kind of stuff and there's always enough choice with every character that it doesn't feel like they're already uh, pushed in, in a specific pr- progression but like it makes this part of the game not as important because the game is way too easy anyway unless you're playing on hard but then it's too hard at the beginning and whatever uh so i was really disappointed and also like like a lot of jrpg the rhythm is like the pacing as much as i love the second half of the game uh i was pretty done with the game uh, when i was there like i love it for the political and the political stuff that happened and for the fact that you were fighting some of your old friends yeah, it, it just gets tiring when you get there, um, which is disappointing because I do think I try some very interesting th- stuff with JRPG tropes, but like the game there is not uh, good enough to support it. So was that on your list? It is on my list, but not, not high. I'm sorry we cut a game from you. No, it's okay. Uh, like I do, st- I still finished it and it's an 80 hour game and I still had that moment at the end when you kind of look back at the carnage you made and like I kind of like some of those people <laughs> like it, it's very affecting I like if we're talking about technical stuff though it looks bad like um, obviously it's more like a visual novel than full cutscene and all that stuff but the, the voice acting is very good and there's just a lot of it in a way that's kind of scary because I saw I don't know like there's like, every character in this game can have interaction with 29 other characters. And it's just scary to think about because, like, I didn't get half of that content. And yet, Pokemon has no voice acting yeah. at all. Yeah, that game's kind of... It, it's kind of scary big in all much stuff you're missing. But I do appreciate that you're missing some stuff. I do also appreciate that the house I choose... I chose... Uh, had... Uh, a midway point where the story can completely change. So my house where the anti-monarch, but they 
There are some people in the monarchy in your house, but at the middle point, they just decide, do you want to do the revolution or not? And I said, yes. And like, there's another half of the story I've never seen and will never see because I'm not going to replay that game. But like considering I have another half of the story of, a, of the house I pick and there's two other houses that I have a different story like that game. Yeah, that's really impressive. It feels infinite in a way that's scary. Like, I, I, I'm disappointed it was let down by the gameplay because I was forcing myself through it because I was interested by the story. But like, it, I was bored with the gameplay maybe halfway through. Uh, yeah. Yeah. All right. Your turn to make a cut. And I I think it's pretty tough at this point. I mean, oh, uh, maybe a, yeah. I was not as giving Fire Emblem because I could have fought for that one. I don't think Wadam's going to make the list. Yeah, I agree. I don't think Wadam's going to make the list. I really like Wadam for 45 minutes an hour and then kind of lose the thread. Um, I think some of the humor there is priceless, but you're just interacting with... Basically, you're just controlling every character you can in a very small world. You can control every character you want, and they all have their unique interaction. And the fun is just picking a character, doing their interaction, and see what happens. Uh, but like, even if it's a very short two-hour game, it kind of gets repetitive real quickly. It's um very adorable. Yeah. Uh, like, the whole vibe of that game I love, and, and it's, it is very funny. It's kind of hard to control in an irritating I way. I didn't have any problem with no? that. I've heard a lot of people say oh, really? that. I found like a lot of the time, so you're, you're controlling who you are using, using the right stick. And a yep. lot of the time I would instinctively just flick the right stick for right. camera. And then once you lose the person you're trying to control, it's very hard to get yourself back to them because there are 50 different characters on the screen at once. Right. So I found that irritating. The tree yelling at you and sucking people up is one of the best funny moments of the year just because it's so big and everything around is so small and it's just and they're just kind of like waddling towards each other yeah. going, i really love the music too in the game it, it's stupid did you uh okay there's the sun picking the phones up and calling someone that i really like uh i don't know if you saw that yeah yeah okay and when you get the sword later on i did not get the sword okay so later on there's you know this king archer rock with a sword in it but when you pick the sword it's all wobbly and like it it doesn't sound straight so it's just a really funny joke whatever did, you, did you finish it yeah i did finish it. i've heard people say that it gets very sad at some point not really it's just that you find a house uh the the id behind what i'm is um the creator thinking seeing object and thinking what would these objects think if they had human emotion basically uh, is that the house at the end is kind of sad because it lost everybody, but like it ends up with you doing um, a full circle with all the character you have and uh, oh, and like, rejuvenating it like that. Yeah, and everything's cute. So that's cute. I I, I, I really liked it, but I I wanted to like it a lot more than I actually like it. There's a reason why I took Death Stranding got an extra two hours than what time because yeah. I was like, all right, I did 45 minutes. I think this is. Yeah, the first five minutes I played of what I might really like, and then I kind of fall off of it. But, you know, still finish it. I'm going to say that uh, I don't think that Wilmot's Warehouse is going to make the list. Uh, uh. Okay, I'll introduce Wilmot's Warehouse all the same, even if we leave it for the moment. 
so Wilmot's Warehouse was on my list for a long time. Wilmot's Warehouse is a last minute cut. Okay. Um, and Wilmot's Warehouse was, so the game itself is you play a cute little cube named Wilmot who is charged with organizing a warehouse where he receives order, or where they receive orders from uh, clients. Have you seen some uh, Wilmot's Warehouse fan art? No, I haven't. So there's really good fan art of Wilmot's Warehouse where it's a cube with feet under and it's like it's very upsetting like body horror <laughs> stuff <laughs> okay uh no that sounds great though <laughs> that's all i want to say um the core of the game is is so therapeutic and yet stressful yeah because it is it is like the equivalent of being charged with like very quickly licking envelopes and putting a stamp on them <laughs> like that's what the core gameplay loop feels like and you're just trying to do it faster and faster and more efficiently so there's something very satisfying about doing something efficiently, and then at the same time, as the tasks start piling up, um, it just it just starts to get a little bit overwhelming. Yeah. Uh, I think my biggest issue with the game is that it's clearly an Amazon warehouse, and you're receiving <laughs> Amazon things. And I kept expecting the game to take a very dark turn uh, and make commentary on the, I mean, the state they, of the world. They kind of do, though. They they like, kind of do. No, but like they do enough. I feel with the poster and all that stuff. For sure, yeah. So the posters in the game have a lot of motivational quotes that are basically get your ass back to work. <laughs> There's a blah, blah. every time you play, you watch one. I wanted the version of Wilmot's Warehouse where at the very end he has a sad face instead of a happy <laughs> face. And then the last mission is him like burning it down <laughs> or something and then having a smile again. I just think that game is so clever yeah. uh, in a way that's like a really... Took me by surprise because like you see the game and you understand the concept really quickly and then you play it and it's like that's cute but then the game never changes its mechanic but it always throw wrenches in what how you were organizing your warehouse just by uh so what you're organizing are just little icons and they're always a little too abstract to organize properly and it's just smart and oh like it's gonna give you a bunch of hat and then it's gonna give you a bunch of snow thing, and then it's gonna give you a toque. And you're like, do I put the toque <laughs> with the hat or with the snow stuff? And I always does stuff like that. Or uh, for a long time, I had this weird tube that was in the water and I didn't know what it was. And at the end of the day, like later I got the delivery and understood that it was a worm because like the latest delivery I had, if I put it back just beside the tube, it would create a like a wiggly worm or something like that. So it just changed everything I was thinking about my, um, the organizing of my, uh, my warehouse. And I don't know, it's just like having, I feel the dev could have been happy just like doing this ID, releasing it that way, but like it's much smarter about this mechanic that it needs to be at the end of the day. It is the very best game of this it is the very best whack-a-mole game i've ever played yeah um and i think that that's saying something because i know that you didn't like it but like i do think overcooked is a game that's very yeah. good this is much better yeah this this game is exceptional and it's very clever like yeah. I, i'm just very impressed it's not the game i played the most this year i've played maybe three hours uh, to get to the ending or something but it's just something i would as a dev i would think about and be that's super clever uh is it only three hours? No, no, it's longer. Okay, I was going to say, I feel no. like I definitely put no, three hours in. That's right. Five hours I played. 
maybe not cut it yet. Okay. I, yeah, I'm we can not, leave it. No, no, I'm, I'm, I'm not saying I love Wilmot's Warehouse. I feel we need to talk about kind words, lo-fi, chill beats to write you. To write. To Wait, are you proposing that we cut kind words, lo-fi, chill beats to write to? Or you just want to talk about... Because I'll talk about kind words, lo-fi, chill beats to write to. We can cut it, too. I have no interest in cutting kind okay. words, lo-fi, chill beats to We're write. not going to get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> I have no interest at all. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so good. <laughs> uh, oh, that's very funny. I really like that game too. Oh, it's so <laughs> damn good. Kind words. I'm going off my notes here. Kind words is a portal. <laughs> it takes you to a very vulnerable place. Uh, excuse me. It takes you to a very vulnerable place. And it is proof that a teenage version of yourself is buried somewhere deeply inside you. I think that... So my experience with kind words was that I was like, okay, this is a... It's basically a forum and I was putting... uh, You're putting ideas out into the world and people... You're basically soliciting advice and other people on the internet are going to give it back to you. And it's all anonymous. And it's all very... Yeah, it's all very anonymous. And I have... I experienced no issues with curation. Everything I got back was incredibly sweet and, um, and thoughtful and caring. I think what happens with kind words, and this is what I think is such an incredible experience, is that you, it is an unspooling, um, or for me, it was an unspooling of who I was. Like when I started off, I was like, oh, I have a problem. And let's say, for example, like, I need to save more money. And then and then people would respond and they'd give me some advice. And like, oh, okay, that's some good advice. And then I would get a little bit deeper and I'd be like, I, I have had weight issues. And you go, like, okay, well, then you get some like advice back on that. And you kind of like, I have existential dread at every second of my life and I'm so stressed all the time and I think I'm just going to snap any day now. And then you get feedback on that and it's so incredible. And like I've gotten so many, so many loving responses. And like every time I would turn this game on, I would just become completely overwhelmed with emotion. It's, uh, I think it's super impressive. Yeah, I, I do think it's impressive. The thing I, okay, I, I think the game is more important impressive in theory than in practice for me i think the thing is impressive is that well it's a game let's call it a game but like it's also like it's a social media platform and when you see like facebook and twitter being so shitty like being complete cesspool of bullshit it it makes the important point that like uh, how you design those platform inform how people interact on it with them i do think kind words is a great first step to have good like positive social media platform in the world. I do think it's also just a first step. I do think uh, it could be a lot more than it is. And I'm blaming the developer, obviously. My problem with kind words is I was very real from the get-go with it. I had health issues. I made a game about it. So I went, whatever, I'm going to talk about that stuff. I have health issues. And quickly it became... Um, it's encouraging seeing people talk about your problem and like be mindful of what's happening in your life but quickly it became the oh no actually you need a therapist and all those people the only thing they can give you are generic generic well-being answer i do felt it for me it felt a lot uh, it felt a lot in that trap where every answer even when i would change problem about relationship or work stuff it was very you know the kind of stuff you get you can get from your friend was very generic you know, oh, I wasn't sure about my work and then I said to quit and even though I was stressed, my life is way better now and like that kind of stuff because, and I feel, um, obviously it's better having that than having people telling you, well, well, uh, 
I quit my work, I'm poor as shit, and uh, my life is in flame right now, and whatever. But I do feel there's something to be made to have a little more than those. And I don't know. I don't know. I don't have the solution, but I do feel it bugged down into generic answer. But, but I think that, like, the, the thing is that if the advice is not good, what you're still getting out of this experience is, is a, a sounding board, right? Yeah. It's you, it's like a diary in some ways, right? Like, you putting this stuff down, for me, was at least oh, this was an outlet, like someone heard me and then they don't have to, it's the difference of, you know, when something really bad happens and you don't necessarily want to burden the people around you with it, yeah, but the anonymity of just like kind of, I'm going to take this baggage, I'm going to put it out and now I've, I have mentally recognized that this is, you know, maybe not dealt with, but like I, it helps me, it helped me compartmentalize yeah, it. I do feel like the first two hours I had with the game was like, okay. um, like it was really an experience. It was me starting kind of words being, oh, well, this looks cute and whatever. And then being a complete mess two hours after. Yeah. <laughs> what in the world care about them? And all that stuff like you didn't expect, you don't expect it to, um, be as affecting as it is the first time you started that being said i feel like i it took me not that much time to recreate my carapace against it in a way and then be a little too walled off and now i see commentary i'm like okay that's nice of you but Hmm. tomorrow's still gonna be bullshit but i i understand what you're saying i'm not i I don't dismiss any of that i'm okay with keeping it i do i do think it's really worth commenting as a first step to having like more meaningful social interaction on the internet i mean we we can we can come back to it i still have more thoughts on kind words but let's save it for now let's let's put a pause on kind words for the moment oh it's my turn then yeah it's your turn oh god i don't want to cut any of these games uh for the record here we have 15 games left oh boy (laughs) oh this year I think that we can probably safely cut It's Winter. Yes. Okay. Okay. I'm okay with it. It was my next pick. Though. Uh, it's Winter. I really liked it's a 30 minutes, a 30 minute experience about uh, living in a not too great apartment in Russia, basically. And uh, there's some voiceover, some poetic voiceover that plays when you do some of the interaction, but really it's just about interacting with the world and putting an eggs in the microwave and all that stuff and the mood that plays create. And I think that's, that part of it is really good because it really creates a sense of place with not that much content and whatever, but like you kind of feel that, like you feel that the apartment feel lived in or at least like your life, it feels like a part of life, even though like there's not that much in the game itself i was wondering uh, how much of the experience is because we live in montreal yeah maybe and and understand the feeling of looking out of a window and just watching snowfall and pretty lights twinkling in the distance and going like this is somber beauty yeah and i i'm happy you also you didn't i think obviously video game genres they're bad and you know this is would get categorized as a walking sim but um like it's it's um no, I don't have anything else to really add yeah, to it's that. Really it's just... po- more than Walking Sim, where Walking Sim only you have a story that like unravels this, like a part of life to live through. Yeah, it's just, it's just like a space that you occupy temporarily, yeah. and it. That's it. It's lovely. I found it lovely too. I do think it's not gonna make the list. It's not gonna make the. List. It's very slight. It's yeah, like it's very, very slight. We're, we're talking about like it's a twenty-minute yeah. thing with no dialogue. It's but just like kind it of was, space, but. it was hovering around my number ten for a long while. Yeah, it, it was hovering near my list for quite some time. Okay, so we got this winter. Oh boy. 
And now with 14 games left, I think there's, I think it's trouble. I think we talked a little about it, so you probably knew I was going to name that one. But do you think East Shade makes the top 10? Do I think East Shade makes our top 10? (laughs) (laughs) Or do I think East Shade is one of the top 10? Um, Let me just uh, hover over here to my quick little... My quick little notes. I'm not 100% ready to cut E Shade, but maybe we, we talk about E Shade briefly here. Okay. I have, uh, in discussing video games, condemned a lot of ways that people spend their time with games. And you've talked, you know, we, we both agree it's something like a Borderlands. Like you described it as a cheeseburger. It's very much a cheeseburger. There are some things in games that are, that just make you feel good. For all of the, the, words i've said about destiny or mmos or whatever uh e-shade is my warm blanket uh e-shade is so transportive i I had a couple moments where i was like well the e-shade isn't trying to say very much about anything so like maybe it's not one of the top 10 games and and then i would sit down and i would turn it on and and i was so completely so completely taken with the world and the sounds and the harps and the gentle voices and the happy vibes absolutely uh it, it is um Uh, Just to give the description for people who are maybe not familiar, it is a series of Bethesda-esque quests, all of which are resolved in a non-violent capacity because there are no weapons in this game. It's like Skyrim if you, like, remove the bad part What what it quite literally is, is... Not literally, but what the the thing I kept thinking about is this is the Hobbit to Oblivion or Skyrim's The Lord of the Rings. Right. Where this is... This thing is just serene and sweet and you exploring Hobbiton and, like... I was describing to Anna one of the one of the early quests in this game is there's a bear and he's up to some mischief, <laughs> and this bear he's he's like oh my my brother hates rhubarb pies, <laughs> but so I'm gonna make him a pie and you go up to him and you say it's strawberry but inside we're gonna put some rhubarb, <laughs> and like that is the level of audacity. This game is so wholesome and sweet and wonderful. Yeah, uh, I I do love that game. I didn't finish it because. Uh, I lost my save after three hours, and I, I I did love that. I did love playing that game, and just um, I, I'm kind of serious. Like I I love exploring the world of Bethesda, but I don't love the fighting. And I'm like, oh, maybe those games would be better if you remove the combat. And the the only thing I'm gonna say is that obviously Skyrim is much bigger, and like there's a scope there that Ishade doesn't have. But like it still it evokes a lot bigger a uh, bigger world, and as really um and i do think that stuff uh, works really well uh, it, it's just at the end of the day i do think it's maybe a little slight comparison of some of the game we're talking about but maybe it's not either like i don't know it does have some depth like there i don't know if you played did you ever get to the um the uh it, it, there's it's not a murder mystery but the vibe is a murder mystery no. like did you ever get to the dark brotherhood type no. stuff no okay um, the Dark Brotherhood type stuff in this is that someone has stolen a letter, basically. But at some point you have this robo and you paddle to an island and it's all very beautiful. And then as you get to the island, storm clouds start brewing and then you get to the island and it's very much a locked door murder mystery where like, the police are coming in three days, but you're going to have to solve it in the meantime. And so you just talk to everybody and you piece together this, like, who took the stuff? And it turns out it was just, it had just fallen behind the shed at the back of the place. So you just kind of pick it up and then people are, anyway it's uh okay. 
we we keep it. I don't want to be negative either about a game that is being so positive or whatever. There's something subversive about being being this positive in um, the, the 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 video game landscape these days. So like, I'm not using that as a flaw. I just I don't know. No, I I understand, and I and I I again I think that this maybe could get cut in our list. Okay, I'm just uh, thinking maybe we need to talk about some other stuff first. Okay. Also, you have cut games already that are on or game on your list already. Uh, I did cut some games on my list. Games on your list? No, game, just game. one. Okay. We only have to cut four. Yeah. Is Sekiro Shadows Die Twice? Oh, that game stays. Okay. That game stays. <laughs> <laughs> okay, introduce Sekiro. I love Sekiro. Uh, I love Sekiro. Sekiro is the new game from from Software, which are the creator of Dark Souls and Bloodborne. And it's very much a Dark Souls and Bloodborne type game, except that they remove a lot of the RPG trappings of the game and they made the game a lot quicker uh, the combat work with a posture system where if you do a repost, which is like if you block an attack with perfect timing, you're gonna you're gonna do repost uh, damage to someone, and if you feel they're basically repost cell bar, you're gonna kill them instantly or remove one pip of their L bar instantly, which makes for a very similar game than the Souls game, but a very uh, quicker and more active combat system than those games. Sekiro is fantastic. It's fucking great. I do have some issues with it, like I have with every Souls game. I do. Uh, I was more pissed in this game at having to retreat uh, ground when I would die. Because the game is not as careful as, careful as a Souls game, I felt like... Sometimes it was just about redoing the same stealth section multiple times, and like I didn't get the interest of doing those uh, multiple times. I but the 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 game for me really uh, became great, and I, when I mean great, I mean probably the greatest when it was boss fight or mini boss fights, and like even the mini boss are as good as the boss fight because the game is really good when it's duels. I, well, th- this is, I actually think, um, and I, I've always loved, I loved all the souls. I love Bloodborne. Um, I like all of these games so much. Um, and those games are kind of renowned for their boss fights. And I think that this probably has my favorite boss fights of any of those games. Like there were so many that I vividly remember. And, and I guess the, the, um, the issue I have with a lot of Dark Souls games is that like, I think the enemies, I think the large enemies are like the the four-legged enemies are just way less interesting to fight right. than, a, than someone who's your size and you're really watching their animations at a, at a closer degree. And so this game is loaded with that stuff. And yeah. I, I think it all works really well. And I do think... Uh, one thing I'm going to say against the game, that's not really a flaw, but it's way more exhausting than any Souls game was. Uh, I felt at the beginning, that game destroyed me in a way Souls game never did. And I, I didn't understand what I was doing wrong for a whole time. Um, I think it is by far the hardest. Yeah, it from feels like the hardest game. game. That being said, um, like first time I fought the last boss of that game, I was I don't know if I can do that. Like it's really hard, and like I'm exhausted of that game. But now that I killed the last boss of that game, I think it's one of the best boss in every yeah, because game because it's so slow. It's so yeah. completely the um, 
like it almost feels like a like a cowboy showdown yeah. or something where you're just sort of standing there looking and waiting. I, I feel a lot of the last boss in the Souls game are not that great, except like the Bloodborne War one was really good, I think. The the first phase of the Bloodborne War Bloodborne one was good. Which I don't is the remember what it was. The dude in his chair and he stands oh, up yeah, and it's yeah. it's a jewel. But I do think it's their best like, oh, yeah, and sure. boss ever and that boss took me something like three hours to fight, but like it's was me saying that I could get um further and further in the fight. And it's really you know, the best boss fight is the boss fight that's gonna make you reuse all the mechanic you use in that game and that, that one does that perfectly well. Like yeah. It's a absolutely fantastic game. And Sekiro stays on the list. I'm very happy to see Sekiro on the list, although uh we're never gonna leave. Okay. Devotion, I'm not sure about. Well, hold on. No, but well, every game left on this list, I love to itty bitty bits. Okay. There's all fourteen of these I love. <laughs> Pull out my phone. <laughs> I should stop putting it down when we talk about a game. Hmm. Hmm. Weird. Okay. Well, anyway, I have them in one of the other many okay. <laughs> documents. So I to talk about devotion because. I think I mean, most people haven't played this game. I'm going to use a lot of reductive like comparison yeah. type stuff here. But Devotion is a it's about a 1980s Taiwanese family and it is basically it's a realization of a lot of the ideas in PT by way of Gone Home. <clears throat> I also think that narratively what's interesting about Devotion is that it's almost like sort of a flip of uh, that dragon cancer. Uh, it's sort of a different way to deal with the the trauma and lengths that that people will go to for their family uh so the premise of this game is there is uh, a happily married um father and mother who have a daughter uh both of the parents come from show business um the father was a screenwriter and the mother was a uh, actress and you get the impression that they were successful but still at kind of b-tier um b-tier celebrity types who step away from step away from Hollywood to raise their family. And then very, you know, early on in the daughter's life, she discovers that she had, that she starts to dip her toes into the world of, a world of show business by by singing. Uh, and so the parents put a lot of things on hold because they realize, okay, they can live through their daughter a little bit and they start to get really excited. And then she starts to fall ill uh, through, basically what's alluded to is it's just that it's, it's probably anxiety because a lot of the doctors are looking at her and they're saying, okay, there's nothing wrong with her. So there's, there's stress that they are putting on her. Uh, and she gets worse and worse and the family starts to de- deteriorate financially throughout this whole process. Uh, and the way that the, the story is told is that it's told, um, it's told out of sync. So you're basically going through these PT hallways, repeating over and over the same apartment building, but you're coming to it at different years of the family's relationship. And you're sort of seeing the way the house is changing and so like despite the fact that they're making less money there are still like there are new acquisitions coming into the house because the father is developing bad habits with his money and stuff like that and as the daughter gets more sick that you also find out that the daughter or the father is giving money to this cult and like he's going to the cult for advice about his daughter and doing all this stuff and he's he's basically putting he's putting a lot of stock in in things that you know he shouldn't be putting stock into uh, and he ends up pushing the wife away and I'm not 100% sure I'm a little unclear on it but I I think what happens is he ends up killing his daughter through advice on behalf of the cult and and really what it ends up 
feeling like a uh, an analogy to is someone who's taking a bunch of like homeopathic stuff yeah, to that, cure illness and um that's what i got from it too I, though i haven't played the game i just watched it which obviously makes it it's a little unfair because I, right. I i didn't like that i obviously didn't like the game as much because i didn't play it because well so the, the thing about this game and the one really big knock against it that i have even though i i loved this game it's a horror game and i don't think it has any reason to be like i don't think there's anything here that makes me think okay yeah we definitely need a jump scares from a creepy no PT monster i agree but i do think some of their imagery is very good creepy like it's creative and now it's creepy it's not just like cheap scum jump scare um yeah there are some spots like there's a spot uh and it's the one shot you see in all the promotional material where you see a bunch of like wood cutouts of people like just kind of staring and looking at you and that that's really good yeah that stuff works really well but yeah this game is it ends up being it, it has a lot to say right like it's an indictment of it's like a wicked indictment of helicopter parenting and like you know not giving your kids room to breathe and then simultaneously has a lot to say about homeopathic stuff and like listening to advice from not doctors and and then at the same time it just tells a really interesting narrative about a family and watching them like the sacrifices they made for their daughter which end up hurting their relationships and i i think it's it's excellent and it is a shame that this game also cannot be played by anyone because yeah for those who don't know it was taken off of the marketplace because there is a winnie the pooh reference um and since it's a Taiwanese developer, they have a lot of fans in China, and, and there was a lot of backlash against it. And uh, and yeah, that's uh, that is devotion. Did you you watch the whole thing? Yeah. Okay, so you ended up seeing it all. Yeah, that is a that is my my run through in devotion. I don't would like to not cut it. Okay, <laughs> we're not cutting it. It's our turn. I think what we're going to end up with right now is us not cutting any more games. No, no, we're not going to cut any more game but like maybe name those that could be used you think there are more games that like, could be cut that no we no, haven't... no no but like we have 14 game and so we need to cut four and uh you said Sekiro but you know I don't want to cut it so like that one we know what if there's no more uh, what if there's no more no we need to cut them um you want to cut Sekiro <laughs> no I'm not gonna cut Sekiro is it my turn uh no I mean no. it's my turn but so I'm gonna I'm gonna say hear me out on this. Okay. One of the reasons why Wilmot's Warehouse did not make my list okay. is that there's a much better game about delivering Amazon packages from one place to another. <laughs> and it's a game called Death Stranding. <laughs> Uh, now we haven't talked about it as much as we should have. We should have been talking about yeah. it throughout this entire. Though I do remember texting you one that one month's warehouse was the other strand game of the year. Oh, I don't even. I I think there's another. I think there's a better strand no, game. No, there's a ton of strand game. But like, if you think about very similar to the idea, like one month's warehouse is basically the lo-fi version of that stranding, in a way. <laughs> We have big discussions to have. (laughs) Okay, maybe. One of the brilliant things about Death Stranding, and this is probably not the starting place for Death Stranding, (laughs) but one of the things that caused a big issue with me discovering my top 10 this year was Death Stranding. Oh, me too. That Um, was a really problematic one. (laughs) Yeah, it's an issue. And part of the reason is that Death Stranding is a AAA game and it has more resources. And I think it gets 90% of the way to doing a lot of things that a lot of individual indie games on this list do. 
So like a lot of the abnegation that I adore and will not swear out. It's like the sort of like the way I'm organizing my brain and the yeah. way my, my brain functions with it. Yeah, I think Will Not's Warehouse on like a on like a micro level is probably the better package delivery game. However, Death Stranding Death Stranding is an incredible package delivery no. game. Similarly, we talked about Kind Words, uh, and we didn't get into it with Kind Words, but like the way Kind Words uses notifications right. is, and we also talked about Sky, right? So Sky is a game that miserably uses notifications and does it all backwards. And Kind Words uses notifications as a way to to um, bring good. So Kind Words is an amazing strand game. What a strand game. It's The connections I formed on Kind Words are incredible. But Death Stranding gets really darn close to doing some of those things too. Right. Uh, Death Stranding is... Um, I think Death Stranding gets a bad rap. Death Stranding is a fucking good game. It's a great <laughs> game. And you know... Okay. It's gonna get weird. I remember telling you about Red Dead Redemption 2 that this game should use its mechanic better to make you feel in this world. And I do that. I do feel like Dead Stranding is the kind of game I was thinking about saying that. Because like Dead Stranding kind of gets scary because it has a little too many mechanics. But when you understand what, what those mechanics really create, which is like a literal walking simulator, it's kind of fucking great that like a triple A game went there. Yeah, and and like the weird, you know what's even weirder than the fact that the AAA game went there? That it works is even weirder. Yeah. That you can have this like, the way that Death Stranding is this isolationist thing where you're walking and you're completely alone and it's really hard and you have to bring like ropes and ladders and everything's difficult and beautiful. Yeah, well, one of the things is I felt before starting Death Stranding, I was like, oh, I'm going to enjoy that game because it's weird, but I'm not going to enjoy the system at all. But at the end of the day, like just using rope to put stuff felt like a real mechanic. Yeah, like... and, and then so then you and then you finish that rope stuff and you finish all that and then you connect to the chiral network. <laughs> you connect to the chiral network and then all of the all of the connections pop up and then it's it's a completely different game in that area. Like having other people's bridges yeah. and, and crossing other people's things. And it feels great, though. Yeah, it does. It legitimately makes you feel like, oh, like, okay, what a refreshing experience. I'm connected to other people. And then and then the, one of the things that this game that I've heard people talking about that I think people are criticizing Kojima for, and he deserves criticism for this, is that he doesn't quite figure out, or Kojima Productions doesn't quite figure out if it's trying to be an indictment of the internet or say that the internet is a really great thing. And then I think what what is communicated really well actually in the mechanics and this seems like it must be by accident is that it's both like the the power fantasy you get of being connected to the internet and connecting with all these people is really impressive and it's it works very well as a relief from the solitude and yet i love the solitude like both both facets of the game which feel so different are so successful yeah i do feel which may be the biggest problem i have with the game i do feel not a lot of it but there's intent there, but there's also some accidental success in a way. For sure. Uh, which kind of, like, um, it makes the game lesser for me. Uh, I do feel also there's some mechanic that shouldn't be there, uh, even though I talk. Like, uh, I like the shoes mechanic and all that stuff I like, but the combat is... Uh, the combat's weird. I mean, the stealth is kind of bad, and there's interesting idea in the fact that you're not a fighter and like there's scary thing that could potentially attack you in the world and i like the fact that like if you kill someone you're gonna explode like the body's gonna explode so you need to deal with it 
I love all that shit, but I do feel sometimes it miss the mark, and when it misses, that game becomes miserable real fast. But the problem, well, the thing is that it doesn't, I don't know, I haven't had that much issue with no, something like the combat, because it's so, also just like weirdly easy. Like, yeah. there there are, at some point, I was like, oh no, I'm definitely going to die here, because there were 12 guys around me, and then you pull out your strand rope, yeah. and you just counter them and they're all one hit kills like you just kind of stand there for two minutes and... yeah and even uh, like the stealth the stealth itself never killed me but like every time i would get spotted in the stealth it was just oh, okay i'm gonna mess that button and whatever i'm gonna some stuff's gonna fall on the ground and I need to pick it back up and all the stuff like eh. yeah I, that part's not great but it's not that bad like it's never that bad but it feels it makes it feel even more by accident because if they create mechanics that like yeah yeah actively detract from the good stuff of the game yeah yeah i don't disagree with with that um there's also the solution that maybe you put it on very easy mode and oh, i haven't done that but i i did i did just yesterday i was like, oh maybe i'm gonna crank out two more levels or... yeah but like i haven't finished so and a lot of people said the ending the more you progress in the game the worse it gets so maybe i wouldn't like it as much which is also something that really fucked me up when doing my top 10 but I kind of feel that it needs to stay there for now. Oh, Death Stranding needs to stay there. Okay. I was nominating Wilmot's Warehouse because okay. Death Stranding is so good. Okay, I'm showing my cards now. Death Stranding is done on my top really? because it was number 10 for a long time, but I felt that not finishing it. That being said, I do feel it probably should be on the list. Death Stranding should be on this okay. list. I'd rather cut kids than Wilmot's Warehouse, so let's cut kids. Does that make sense? You'd rather cut kids than Wilmot's. I don't see myself fighting that much for kids when I see all those other games. Okay. What do you think about the list right now? 13, 13, <laughs> 13 games. games. I think I, I, I brought up Wilmot's and you counter with kids. I've discussed Death Stranding. Where do we want to go from here? I think we need to talk about Life is Strange but because I don't think that one is a sure bet to get there. Would you like to introduce it? Yeah. So Life is Strange is the sequel of uh, the very popular Dontnod Entertainment uh, first game in Life is Strange. Uh, it wasn't their first game, sorry, but of their first Life is Strange. It's more of an anthology sequel in that you're, uh, it's a new story. It's a completely new story where you play as um, two brothers, two um, brothers uh, of a Mexican father living in the U.S., and uh, something happened, something might happen, where your father gets shot by a cop by, you know, how it might happen in the U.S. And uh, your little brother has an unknown superpower and seeing his father get shot makes him use his superpower unknowingly and then he kills the cops that sh- shoot your father. And then uh, you play as the older brother that is witness that witness all of this and just decide to run away with his little brother and uh same thing as the first life is strange is it's an episode of the game where you're gonna play the game in five different parts as a let's say little interactive movie and uh, that's kind of the, the, the pitch of it i have trouble talking about around the game the, the thing i'm gonna say i think the opening uh, the first episode which is what i told you about which is the the, the the opening where your father gets shot and like the first time of you running away i think is incredible uh, i think that that really got me and i think it's willing to go for like it's obvious political um targets but 
no other games except maybe Wolfenstein or whatever. Uh, not that many games talks about them, and uh, the game is willing to get in the weeds with art subject doesn't always succeed 100% but I do think it succeeds better than the first Life is Strange yeah you think it succeeds better than the first Life is Strange at what? I, I had a lot of problem with uh, how the first Life is Strange uh, dealt with suicide I there's no subject in Life is Strange 2 that I'm like they kind of fumble it there like some are not as good as others and obviously I'm not the person to ask for about the racism and all that stuff. I think that, that, yeah, I think the biggest issue with talking about Life is Strange is the fact that we're two white guys and it makes it a little bit hard to sort of comment on. Uh, The first episode of Life is Strange 2 is remarkable and, and like you said oh there's no other games that made me wolfenstein like i i don't i don't even think wolfenstein comes close to being as political no, no, as but i mean there's no other game that talk about that stuff so directly yeah like period and yeah. like this game uh in the first episode they're very clear to say oh it's halloween 2016 he's clearly having text exchanges with his friends like that fucking asshole better not win yeah um like it is talking about donald trump and what donald trump has done yeah. without saying it right like it can't you know and part of that is the fact it's a square enix produced you know triple a video game and video games are still like stuck if, in them it doesn't try to hide it the way a far cry 5 did or a no. division this year for you. like uh, there there's the red cap there's like yeah. they probably don't say the word but they say something similar to make america the red great. cap did you see the red cap in yeah yeah okay yeah. We, we were looking at that for a long time we're like is that the red cap and like, yeah that's that's it yeah that was upsetting that red cap yeah the first episode is also immaculately paced, like even just as a piece of fiction, like yeah. that the inciting incident, and it does the thing. This this whole story does the thing, like the Disney princess phenomenon, where like the parent has to die so they can make a dumb decision, like running south to Mexico. What I was expecting after the first episode, and it, it still is sort of this, um, even if it it doesn't always it doesn't always hit it so directly, is that they they turned present day America into a post apocalypse in this game, yeah. right? They're making two two kids who have to hide on the side roads and deal with not being able to trust everyone and deal with like this whole everything you would expect out of a zombie fallout type story these kids are dealing with and it's taking place today. Right. Uh, and I think that that is remarkable and impressive and so fucking good as a story. All that said, to be critical of the game, I think it's often pretty boring. Yeah. And not boring the way, like, I, lo- you know I love a boring game. Like, I think a lot a lot of boring where, like, it's the two brothers just kind of talking to each other and not saying much of anything. Yeah, and there's a lot of repeat, but I do feel that, like, the pacing of the episode are not good. And I don't mean, it feels uh, like it's a little a victim of um, the structure then. Yeah. I'd rather it be a five, six hour game. Yeah, uh, That you play agree. one way through than uh, having the episode. Especially, I do find... Episode two and three especially feel mostly meaningless. Uh, I think three is... I, I have the biggest issue with three okay. of, of all the episodes. And I'll say that because I think what would be... I think there's an interesting story to tell around these two characters and drugs. And it actually just ends up kind of being nothing. No, and yeah, like it doesn't nothing. really have anything to say and... Uh, another one of my big issues is obviously those games. Like the, the choices are always... There, there's a lot of fake choices in those games because obviously they, they're not going to program a whole different game if you do a different choice. But uh, the way this game forces you into choice you didn't make is basically having your brother do the exact opposite of what you asked from him, which makes 
which made me resent the brother in a very bad way. Like, I kind of, in episode two and three, I was like, you're a fucking piece of oh, shit. Oh, I, I also, I, right to the bitter end, like, until the, like, maybe like halfway through episode five, I stopped resenting the brother. Yeah. Because I just kept going like, oh my God, this, everything bad is happening is because the little brother isn't listening to what I'm telling him to do. Which uh, I think destroyed a lot of what I wanted to do. And um, it also like a lot of the choices that ends up happening. So like you're, you're estranged from your mother. Uh, you've met your mother, but your brother never. And from the get-go, uh, your brother talk about the fact that he wants to see his mother and he thinks your mother is going to save you. And from the get-go, as the older brother, you can be, no, she doesn't care about us, fuck her, whatever. And she's going to come back later in the, the story, whatever the choice you make. So like it kind of pissed me off because the game was uh, gesturing for... Or, where it wanted to go at the beginning and you basically has no, you have nothing to say about where the game wants to go even if you made the choice that you don't want to talk with your mother that you hate her because she she ran away from the family and everything it's gonna end up with you having to make up with your mother at but the this end. is what i mean that like choice in video games is we have to stop we have to stop but i feel because you can, you can still do the steering conversation without actually ever putting you in a situation where you have to choose an, an answer they're going to undermine. Yeah, well, it, well, okay. One of the problem is is that choice in video game are too binary. It's always like two very similar options. Or also, it's a yes-no question. You want to see your mother, yes or no. And those choices make to, uh, like, we're just, like, dumb little kid. Uh, and, you know, when a, a kid is in is no face and he just want, he says no to everything, you have to ask them, do you want that yogurt or that yogurt? And not, like, do you want yogurt? Because yeah. they're going to say no. So he, there's a way to steer the option that games this year succeeded in doing better. And thinking about two games this year that did this better than Life is Strange does. I did feel that I was like kind of fighting against the, the screenplay of that game because I was pushing against it in a way that they didn't want me to push against it, but they felt obligated to give me the option, even though the option was meaningless. And that I didn't like. I do think episode one and episode five of that game are so good. incredible. It Episode five is also just yeah. incredible. And yeah, it really nailed the ending for me in a way I didn't expect it to. Yeah, and um, narratively that they... Everything that happens in the last 25 minutes of Life is Strange episode yeah. 5 is incredible, but, like, that narratively they make it to the wall. Yeah. That they they make it to Mexico, and then ice fuckers show up and screw everything up. Yeah. It's like, like, that they went there. And again, I don't actually think that episode 2, 3, and 4 go there and talk about United States politics the way episode 1 and 5, like so blatantly do yeah uh i do feel i mean it's not a big thing but the fact that the fact that you lose an eye there's a it's rare that you would see a character lose a limb in a video game you know like even in wolfenstein again like you lose limbs but then you get them back later uh, because of a twist like this game is willing to have real stakes and i want to commend it for yeah for that you know, there's a real sense of loss from the beginning. When you lose your, the father, like, it's... I mean... It, you feel a real sense of loss in a way that most video games are not ready to do at all. Like, it's a little like that Ares moment in Final Fantasy VII where you didn't expect that they were ready to kill a character. Even, like, you know it's going to go there. 
you still feel there's going to be a twist and then it's going to be alive and uh, everything's going to be good at the end but like obviously it's not going there but like it feels like every other video game would make excuses to save that part like to save the father and then to save uh you're high and then to save like everything that happens in that game and yeah. instead that game just go for it final moments of that game yeah him and they so they can't they they can't recast the voice actors in that game right yeah but they they time skip 25 years because the older brother gets 25 to life gets out 25 23 years later yeah. a full-grown man and they just do the whole thing silent and that's perfect uh, it's so beautiful yeah. and so loving and um much better than harry potter yeah <laughs> much better than harry potter it turns out and just to re- yeah just to put it down uh just to record it the um they're the moment the brothers go on a camping trip again as full-grown adults and you see the younger brother exuberantly telling stories about his life and the older brother just curls over and starts crying because yeah he lost his life he gave his whole life to his brother and it's anyway it's a uh, very touching so do we cry? We just we take we take know. we take a break. You and I cry for a bit, and then we cut Life is Strange Two. Is that is that what happens? Or we leave Life is Strange Two until we're done crying? I do. It's so strong, but I do feel the middle of that game is like nothing, which is very. It's very disappointing. Yeah. yeah. So let's cut it. It's not on my list. It's number ten on my list. Okay. So let's cut it. Okay. Let's also cut. East Shade. Okay. I feel I feel we need to cut East Shade. Oh, you will not swear I was pretty damn high on your list. <laughs> so, okay. We are at 11 games, which are Death Stranding, Devotion, Disco Elysium, Evans Vault, Kind Words, Mutazione, Other Wilds, Pathologic 2, Sayonara Wild Arts, Sekiro, Wilmot's Warehouse. And again, I think Devotion is the one we cut from that. But maybe you have... I mean, I'll, this is the thing that happens every year where my end, basically my whole list is represented on this list, which I feel very... There's two games, okay? Death Stranding and Pathologic are not on my list, but they're both, I'm like, they need to be there. Uh, oh, I mean, those two games need to be there. Okay, the reason Pelologic is not on my list because I didn't play enough of it, but the two hours I played of it are incredible, and I'm very eager to get back to it. I just kind of want to recommend that game because of what it is. It's just super interesting, and the writing's so good. That's trending because, um, you know, it's that trending. But yeah. Before, before we cut Devotion... Okay. And I accept. Seems like we're gonna cut devotion. Okay. I'd like to hear your thoughts on Heaven's Vault. We're not gonna cut <laughs> Heaven's Vault. Okay, Heaven's Vault. I feel kind of bad about it because I played it earlier this year and I don't exactly remember everything about it. Okay, that's not fair. not the way I would, but like when I was saying, um, I think there's a game that makes choice better than Life is Strange. Heaven's Vault is one of those, and Disco Elysium is probably the other. I do think the the breadth of the writing, which is really fucking good, and the breadth of the writing and how much Heaven's Vault adapt to the choice you make as a player without necessarily telling you you're making big choice, but depending on where you go first, like the story will adapt and how you play. I, I just think it's really impressive. I think that the premise for Heaven's Vault 
might be the coolest of any game on this list. Yeah, I, I do have bigger... That, that game is janky in a way. Uh, yeah, it's a lot of other, But, like, it's janky because, like, it's it has a breadth and a scope that a lot of indie games are even afraid to touch. Like, that game exists in the same realms. Maybe not as big, obviously, but of a Mass Effect. Like, they're going to Mass Effect, Big World, and whatever. Like, the... And it has more meaningful choices than a Mass Effect. And just uh, you telling me you didn't have the robot for the... I didn't have the robot for half the game. Yeah, yeah. I was with the robot the whole game. and I, I, I didn't realize that choices were happening that That's much it. until we had that exchange. And I was like, wait, what? <laughs> you didn't have... Like, I have a whole different character than you have? Yeah. For half the game? Um, And like... You know, there's a lot of janky stuff around the edges. Like, the, the cinematography doesn't work really well with how their characters are presented. Even though I think the, the art's pretty good. The way you travel from planet to planet, I liked it because it's slow and, you know, plotting. And I cannot, I can enjoy that kind of slow. But when you miss a turn and then it just tells you, oh, you can rewind back to get that, a turn. And it's just... This game would be higher on my list if it weren't for that quite miserable traveling uh i like the traveling though oh my gosh it's agony it's so long well, but, but nothing mean, happens there's nothing to look at even it's like that, that, no it's pretty i loved it the first two three times and i was like oh i gotta do this for 12 minutes just i really thought it was pretty though <laughs> yeah but you do there's there's at least two hours of that game of just yeah. the sailing yeah okay, that pretty okay. i liked it i i liked it but i didn't it should have been... There should, it just should have been prettier. It should have been better made. Yeah. Or prettier. Yeah. There's not that much going on. We have a game like Death Stranding on our list. We no, got, we got primo walking happening. <laughs> I, still, I still felt like there were some cool sides in it, but I do feel... And it feels... Uh, that's a problem of budget, obviously, but it does feel like you're just playing with miniature in that world. Like the... the the scope of the world doesn't is not sold as well from that traveling that I wanted it to be, but still I liked it. Okay. I, I want to I, I want to say the premise of this game and why I like it so much right now. Okay. Heaven's Vault is an actual cyberpunk game, not like Cyberpunk 2077 Cyberpunk. Like this is just cool cyberpunk where there's a it is it is a society that has existed on an alternate reality where you have flying boats and talking robots, but everyone is sort of struggling to make it by and doesn't have any money most of the game is set on like a desert aesthetic with market towns and shops propped up by wood and you know cloth tables but the premise of this game is that you are an archaeologist an archaeologist tasked with discovering an uh, an ancient civilization's tech which proves the religious beliefs of the people that have tasked you to investigate it now an archaeologist as a role is someone who believes in the existence of the past and in, in its value. But in this game, the religious community believes that the world is cyclical right. and that time just repeats itself and that there is no value to history because it's just going to start all over. And so you spend the whole game trying to prove your own livelihood's merit. And then it turns out that you're wrong <laughs> and that history is cyclical and you're just going to repeat over and over and over again everything that happens. Yeah. It's so cool. It's so cool. And I love... Uh, it has. We didn't even talk about it, but like the one of the main mechanics of the game is that you're gonna see language of that ancient civilization, and you're not gonna understand it, and you're gonna try to uh, translate it, and it's just like 
a fill in the blanks mechanic. And when you guess a um, uh, word uh, enough time right, it's gonna confirm you got it right. And when if you made too many mistakes, it's gonna confirm you were wrong about that word. But it never becomes a a mechanic that you're supposed to 100% of is just going to inform how much of the story you understand as you go to the story. Like one of the first thing I felt weird about was I wanted to go back to the old world, and miss the translation of and try to translate them again. And you can do that, but like the interface to do that was kind of clunky and whatever. But the idea is that you shouldn't do that. You just should go forward and you're just going to understand Sometimes you're going to understand stuff. Sometimes you're going to see something and you're going to be, oh, that's probably that thing. And you're just going to be completely wrong about it. And, and the game's going to play with it anyway. And then it's really impressive, though, when you do start to, when you get far enough along, you can be right. Yeah. And that you can kind of look at a, at a bunch of squiggles and go like, this one's talking about God. Yeah, that's <laughs> right? it. Uh, because you see enough characters that are reused from word to word to make sense of it. I, I just think that game's really impressive. And... For all its failures, I just really want to commend it. I, I don't know if it's the best story of the year because, as I said, like I don't. It's a very complex story, and I don't remember every uh, bit of it. But it's probably like for the scope of it, I was just like constantly impressed by how much there was in this, and like surprised that they were how far they were willing to go with the choices and everything. So. You had six with you. The whole game. The whole game. Yeah. So at some point, six gets possessed by the Empress yeah. temporarily, and then you shook him out of it. Yeah. I did not shake him out of it. I just let the Empress keep talking because okay. I wanted to know more, more about history. Okay. And then the Empress embodies six permanently, and six is just gone. That's it. Okay. Six is lost to time. But the Empress is awful and is like an elitist, robots are better than people character. I did get a little of that later not by the empress but just understanding the world and understanding you know okay yeah but, so even when you're at the end and you're walking like to your death yeah the empress is like yeah but i'm gonna live forever i'm a robot <laughs> <laughs> it's uh it's cool yeah. i can't believe you didn't have that character that's so interesting it's it's cool it's cool i really love that game Jeez, i also have a zillion notes on this Oh, also one of my notes is that the Empress is the person who burned all the books. Okay. Interesting little tidbit. <laughs> I don't think I got that ever. Also, yeah. like I haven't played it, but the um, New Game Plus in that game is supposed to be really interesting. Yeah, because I think what it's doing is because time is cyclical, you're just starting over, but like just a few things have yeah. changed, like enough things are out of place. Yeah, so. supposedly there's choices that you cannot make in the first... Uh, That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. It's a very long game. I wouldn't. I don't think I'd yeah, want to repeat it. it. Like, it's also but, it's a slow game. It's yeah, but like it's really. Uh, I, I feel it's confident in its writing in a way a lot of game are not. And uh, I, the only thing I would say about the writing that I think is a little bit underwhelming is that I, I wish that there were more characters. Like I feel like Aaliyah Six and I can't remember the woman's name, but your your adoptive mother. Uh, the three of them are really defined, and the other characters I think are the way they respond to the world is interesting, but they don't feel like they have tons of personality yeah. in there. But it's yeah, it's excellent. Okay, I just wanted to talk. I just wanted to see where you were at with Heaven's Vault before we cut Devotion. Unless you want to make a last minute sub for Wilmot. Mm, no. Okay, Devotion. Devotion. All right, we have ten games: uh, Death Stranding, Disco Elysium, Heaven's Vault, Kind Words, Lo-Fi, Chill Beats to Write to, Mutazione, 
Outer Wilds, Pathologic 2, Sayonara Wild Hearts, Sekiro Shadows Die Twice, and Wilmot's Warehouse. This is a damn fine yeah. list of games. 2019. What a good year it was this a has been. Good year. Unbelievable. We didn't scream at each other. I'm, I'm happy about that. Well, you know, you can see it happening in slow motion where all of a sudden it's like, oh, okay, we do have the same games. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> we need to make sure we talk about all, all of the, of the game. games. Well, I think it's the time we should talk about the game we haven't talked about yet. Right now? Yeah. We just get into them? Yeah. Because I do have pages of notes on Death Stranding, <laughs> which is ostensibly a game we've already talked about. Yeah, well, we'll talk about it more because we need to find if it's number 10 or 1 now. Okay. Well, yeah, well, okay. If we left a list at this... No, it doesn't work. Can't leave it alphabetical. No. Okay, you know what? I'm going to I'm gonna dive in here. Okay, you know what I want to do? I'm going to talk about Sayonara Wild Hearts. Okay. And the reason is because, you know, every time I say the list of games and I get to say Sayonara Wild Hearts, I get really happy because <laughs> this game is fantastic. I think that uh, I'm sure I texted this to you because I played one level and wrote it down that Sayonara Wild Hearts is an exciting reminder that not all games need to be the same. I love that this game is just full of energy and joy and that everyone in the world is wrong about this game because every description I've ever read of it says Sayonara Wild Hearts is a rhythm game and it's not a rhythm game. It's not a rhythm game. Uh, It's closer to a platformer than a rhythm game. Yeah. But it's... uh, It's another runner, basically. Yeah, and then even Auto Runner feels dismissive because I think that like what Sayonara Wild Hearts does is that it is a game that's obsessed with inertia and momentum, and it's like not necessarily by Auto Runner. It's like anything which anything in gaming which has touched inertia, it feels interested in. Like there's a whole level built around Tetris because Tetris pieces are going to slam right. down, and it's anyway, it's just a game full of love, and it makes me happy. Yeah, uh, we haven't thought that much about the soundtrack of it. I, uh, soundtrack of that game is a big component of it, and I, I wasn't disappointed by the soundtrack. I just don't think it's as good as I wanted it to be. I don't know. Okay, let let's get into it. The second best part of Sinar Wild Hearts, not the soundtrack. It's the fact you can't talk about Sinar Wild Hearts without talking about Carly Rae Jepsen. And Carly Rae Jepsen is the real game of the year. <laughs> yeah, I agree with that part of it. Uh, my most listened artist on Spotify this year. <laughs> That's the right answer. <laughs> the soundtrack's uh, great. I mean, it's obviously not. It's great. It's just not. I wish what I said to you earlier is I wish this game was actually like. Just the, Carly Rae music. Yeah, yeah, was Carly Rae music. But obviously that's too expensive. I'm not, I'm not being. I don't want to be dismissive. The soundtrack work is really good, and there's moments. There's a lot of moments in that game that made me just smile. Why? Because of how the soundtrack would influence how the world would change around me and all that stuff. I just don't. It's not something I listen to that much. I actually listen to it a lot, and that's part probably also just like the nature of the soundtrack and the fact that it's something I can kind of like loop the whole thing over and over again, and it's it's a good work music. But there are enough moments that are synced up with the soundtrack yeah. that are... In fact, like, I guess every... It's not every boss, but it's, like, every every monumental level feels like it is really finely tuned with the soundtrack. Right. Like, obviously, parallel lines where you're snapping back and forth between the two is so great. Yeah. Even the, the level with the wolf. Like, every time the wolf appears, there's, like, a big beat with it. Uh... Yeah. I did get a gold rating on every song in that game, so... You know, 
I enjoyed it. Yeah. I was being a little facetious about it earlier, but I really like that game. You know what the, the actual biggest problem with the soundtrack is? Is that um, the first track on the album, the like press start screen, is the best song and it doesn't yeah. have a it doesn't have a level i want a level to that song that's true that's fair i also think i i'm curious so like i said i think that the game is really obsessed with, with momentum and running and i'm very i would love to see the making of for this game because i guarantee there was a point in its development where there was a run button or like where you were impacting the music in some way and you could speed up and slow down uh I, i'm so happy that they that they made the music video game, that they designed the levels and they're they're clear cut and they start and they stop. I'm gonna get really dorky about music. Carly Rae had a new album this year, obviously very important to me. Carly Rae Jepsen's new album, I loved it to bits. I listened to it more than anything else. Tool also had a new album this year, and I actually had a. I know, I know. We don't have to get into. It. We don't have to get into it. <laughs> but um, one of the things for me growing up and with Tool specifically is I used to I used to be very specific about what media player i would use to listen to tool because if there was a delay between songs it would totally wreck the experience of the song there's a lot of songs that would just kind of like all of a sudden you'd be like halfway through a track and then it would change track and it would anyway that's just the nature of tool music and this game reminded me of that a lot because a lot of the criticism around this game has been about dying and how like oh it's not really a rhythm game like you you die and it just kind of puts you back and you have to play through it and I was like, no, this is exactly what it was like as a teenager using the wrong media player. <laughs> it's the biggest punishment of all the punishments is having the song stop halfway through. Yeah, it never. it's funny because I, I would be very uh, sensible to that stuff. I would be very annoyed by that stuff because as a Super Hexagon or um, Super Meat Boy proponent, those games also play with that concept and never bothered me that much in Sayonara Wildlife just because, I don't know, like I... It, it, like a most pop song you can start from anywhere and they're still you know they're catchy very quickly and i i felt like restarting the song it, it felt even felt like oh i just want to listen to those 10 seconds again and i didn't think the the song lose too much from it i do think the difficulty in that game is like it's not a very hard game so like anybody that is okay with video game can eventually finish it and also, if you fail three times, it just lets you skip the sequence. Yeah, which I never did, but um, you know, I did when I replay when I did the album version. Okay, I would skip a sequence if I failed the three times. I was like, I'm mm-hmm. just kind of listening to the music now. But right. did you ever? How many times did you do the album? Like the full uninterrupted. I, I, I will do the album. I actually never did the album because just I finished the game the first day I played it, and then went for the gold. Uh, Mm-hmm. ranking in every uh, in every level and doing that i felt like i got most of it yeah for sure uh also like the game is not very clear about scoring at first which it's not that much of a flaw but the best way to get a gold ranking in most of all is not to get every heart is just to not die to uh, because like it resets your multiplier when you die so like i'm at a point where i can play most of all without dying Right. I, I yeah. I only got through the first third with the gold, um, yeah. and then I got distracted by other things and didn't. But go like back it's, it's not particularly hard. To, it's just like yeah. I mean, we played yeah. Sekiro, right? This is much yeah. Easier it's than much Sekiro. easier than Sekiro. It's not like it's really not on the level of something like Super Ace again. It's just yeah. a fun thing to go through. And as I said, like trying to, it made some flaw of the game evident because there's no quick restart and that kind of stuff. But also, it felt like just restarting the song that you like, and you yeah. know. Those levels are quick and breezy enough, and even the longest level of the game is the 
Lilith of all, but that one has so much. I really like that level, actually. It has so much uh, breath, or I don't know, it, it feels monumental in a way. Well, and, for and it's what the, the one game where is. they go wild with their homages, yeah. right? At the end, they're like, all right, we're going to throw some Sonic the Hedgehog at you, a little Mario Kart, some Panzer Dragoon. Like, yeah. Let's just bring them all in. And... So I just really like replaying that novel over and over, so I didn't mind it that much. And it's not that hard that it took me two days. Like, it was just an hour of replaying it. Yeah. 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 Sayonara is great. Do we want to keep talking about Sayonara? Do we want to talk about other games that we haven't um, touched on? <laughs> There's some games that I'm like, okay, Disco Elysium. I'm kind of afraid to talk about because of how dense that game can be and how much stuff there is to say about that game. Yeah, Disco Elysium and Pathologic, we cannot do back to back. We have to do these in a different order. Would you like to... You said it. You started this. You do Disco yeah. Elysium. Uh, Disco Elysium is... Uh, like, the basic pitch of it is that it's a wood on it where you play as somebody who wakes up in a, um, a hotel room and uh, forgot... You have amnesia, basically. And you realize you're a cop and there's a body hanging in the, the, the court be, behind the uh, hostel where you're at. And that game is weird to talk about. But the thing that makes this game special is it's essentially, it has the, 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 the tropes or the trappings of a CRPG, but it's more, it plays a little like a visual novel. And you have 16 skill in the game, I think, 16 or 20. And every one of those skills are one of your internal, internal voices trying to sway you in a, towards different choices or different opinion and whatever that stuff. And the game is extremely reactive in a way I don't think any other game is uh, towards the choice you make. This game's not political, though. There's no politics no, in the No, there's no games. politics in, <laughs> at all. Uh, it was, again, it was uh, very um, criticized, I think, truthfully for uses like it's a game that talks about racism it's a game that talks about homophobia about politics fascism and all that stuff and it doesn't try to code those things behind fantasy trapping it happens in a fantasy world but the fantasy world is a very obvious um analog for analog for our world so and you're gonna hear slurs some people are gonna call you with slur and that stuff and the sexism stuff can be really bad too and that stuff is obviously something that's hard to get around in in your entertainment and again it's easy for us to say just go with it because we're too white boy we're not the person to say if it succeeds or not with that stuff though i'm gonna say I'm happy that the game was willing to go there in a way other games like we always talk about like serious material RPGs are The Witcher and The Witcher like talk about racism with elves and dwarves and even that the racist person is like a big evil dude which uses slur and is stupid about elves and all that stuff whereas Discordism really talks about those people like they're real people even though some are grotesquely evil there's still there's still some reality behind them, and uh, the flip side of that is that it also has character of color that are very complete. Like there are not just um, 
they're they're people. Yeah, they're people. They're not token like color. Yeah. Car- they're, they're not the the token color friend that your character has. They're really people, and most people in that game are complete in a way most games don't even begin to touch. You know what I found interesting? Um, the game obviously has a lot of criticism, and I, and I do think it's yeah, it's fair criticism that by presenting you the option to be a full monster, they're giving people maybe like almost a power fantasy to that monsterism which is, is a I, I know all, all i'm to say is and the uh, truth behind that criticism is that a lot of bad people latched on that game yeah um because it gives you the option to be a bad person and um even though the game at, at the end of the game personally i do think it earns that stuff and like push back enough against that stuff that being said, like it's easy for somebody that doesn't care to just play that game as a racist and yeah. be the racist. And but for all that, I was surprised. It does censor a couple of slurs yeah. throughout the game. Like it, the game knows that there's a line, yeah. and that they're do that they're playing with bad ideology. Yeah, it, um, it, it knows, but yeah, it definitely knows. The people who make this game definitely know. At least you know, unless there's some secret that comes out. And, it know, was actually kind of. Um, not that I thought they were like hassles or whatever, but it was kind of, it was kind of um, calming to see the interview with the creators and like read their stuff and say, okay, no, they know what they're doing. Yeah. Like it's not just them being that way. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I think if we're also talking about, like I think the big takeaway for me with this game that I really like is when it's talking about not just social ideology, but the, um, like political, political ideology, like capital B politics like communism and socialism and uh, centrism and all that. I love that it's sort of what this game does with it is it is, it's not not giving anyone a pass on any of it. Like all of these political oh. ideologies exist and what they're saying, it almost is looking back at these things longingly uh, as sort of like a lens for like, where do we go wrong? Cause in this society, the, the world is done, right? Like the society's yeah. on has collapsed. It's, there's you know a few um government facilities still left and everything else has sort of gone to shit and it's it's interesting that even in this world where everything has gone wrong people are still clinging to these ideologies and they're still talking about like well no you need to do this with your union you need to do that with your government and this is what your tax dollars do and it's so melancholy and so sad it's where the game wins for me and where the game where it really comes around is that it is a game that talks about politics and it is a game that has opinion on politics, but what the game is really about for me. So really, you forgot who you were because you basically tried to kill yourself. Like, and it's a game about like the people that are broken by those systems and the people that are left out by those systems. And the game is very cynical and very funny in a way it uses cynicism, but where it's totally earnest in how much it loves the broken, downrodden people. And like there's very sad stuff like you find a dude that froze to death somewhere that because he was drunk and just fell asleep and like froze to death there and as much as it's cynical and funny uh when they talk about that kind of stuff it kind of lose all that cynicism when it's when it comes about being like dealing with your failure and being that you're not the piece of, the the pe- person you wanted to be and uh yeah that that scene with the drunk was the most emotional i was in that whole game i thought that was so upsetting did you did you do the whole quest? Yeah, thing? yeah, yeah, I did. And you go back to his wife, 
who you it starts off as a joke where yeah, you're, that's you're a, pestering her like i'm a good cop where's your husband do you know where your kids are i'm gonna help and then you stumble into the husband dead and then you have to go and tell the wife like let him you know we mm. found him and whatever i don't know how it played out for you my we probably made the same character we're too similar was your empathy maxed out the whole game oh uh, yeah it was a very yeah okay so yeah you get to that scene and then my character who was so empathy was just kind of like i know how to deal with you i'm going to give you the best words of wisdom and help you deal with this awful situation that you found yourself in yeah uh another thing i really love about that game that we didn't get into it's it works like many uh rpg but like it's even if you're maxed out in a stat, there's always a chance you're going to fail. Or even if you have a very low stat, there's always a chance you're going to succeed. Uh, I think the best percentage you have is 97% succeed and 3% failure. So sometimes you're going to make choice, but your character is just going to fail them. So like it's not like a Life is Strange where you make your choice and you make your choice. Sometimes you made the choice to try to save somebody, but you fail and that person gets shot anyway. Like there's a big shootout sign later in the game and one person survived on my side. Everybody really? died. It was like a massacre. Wait, okay, but I mean you and Kim survived. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, but the rest... Oh, you, Kim, and... Yeah, I had three people die. Oh, no, it was a massacre on my end. Like, Whoa. everybody died. But even, like, a 70% roll, somebody would die. I was like, yep, need to play with this. And I do I do love that. I, I've i seen a lot of criticism against it because it goes completely against the idea of seeing all the content in a game. It goes completely against the idea that the player is important because sometimes you're going to fail and roll that you have 97% chance of and you need to role play with it and I just think that's strong and it gave me like you probably never saw that but like there's a dude that's blocking a a place you want to go and I tried to punch that dude like four times because he's a racist asshole and the two way you can get in there is basically by punching him or either subscribing to his yeah awful racist ideology yeah and i didn't want to do that so i tried to punch him four times and i failed every four times i was like i cannot like i was actually thinking about reloading the game because i didn't want to do racist stuff until i read a tip that tells you that you can drink and gain more strength and i failed twice again so i needed to get my character drunk three times over to push my strength further to manage finally managed to punch that dude in the face which finally worked and I, I will say one of my criticisms about the game is that i did at the end spend a lot of time managing my inventory because i was trying to yeah. play with the stats i, I the do stats think right. the clothes mechanic shouldn't have been there yeah. because you have calls that can uh change your stat basically but the problem is that you just happen be before a roll and you just then yeah. change your clothes for what is and better. at some point you've amassed like it's okay you know in the beginning you have five pieces of clothing yeah. and then at some point you're like okay i've got 15 shirts yeah. and i gotta cycle between well the it, shirts it and... should have been something you choose every morning or something or something that is more like you shouldn't have you should not have been able to change clothes all the yeah. time because it makes it doesn't make the game easier or whatever because you're still gonna fail roll it's just create downtime uh in your inventory okay. also I had one door, the door in the library. I tried to destroy that door four times, and the fifth time I managed to do it, but it was that door that every morning my character is going to, today I'm going to destroy that fucking door and just, like, 
disorient my elbow on the attendant. Oh, uh, well, well. When I finally got through that door, it was while well, Kim was away. And I got in there and I was like, there's nothing to do in here. <laughs> and I was like, oh, that sucks. And then Kim came back and I walked in. And Kim's like, oh, it's dark in here. You should take out your flashlight. And I, and I was like, oh, God. What would I do without you, Kim? <laughs> got nothing i do love how funny you can be as a loser cup in that game <laughs> yeah um yeah um okay yeah so something i've been dying to know uh i want to know if we had the exact same thought so one of my very favorite things about this game narratively that happens it's something to do with the ending of the game is that very quickly in fact another thing i really like about it is that on day two you basically solved the murder at least i did yeah but one of the things that you solve is that the the murderer the murder takes place in a room above the hotel where you're staying, and you come to the conclusion, as a good detective would, that okay, the gunshot probably came from right outside, uh, and then you 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 know you and your partner are talking, uh, you and Kim, and you say it's something like oh okay it's a, there's a seventy two percent chance that the gunshot came from this building, and then as it turns out, the gunshot came from all the way across the map and in that 28% chance. And I love it so much that in a game about dice rolls and percentages that your detective nonsense is all out the window. That, yeah, it's it was probably from the roof, but uh, it turns out, no. Yeah, there's something... I, I told you I do think that game succeeds in the I, I do have a problem with the... Um, like, it does the same thing as uh, a lot of playing games nowadays where they're, they're showing you all of your choices at the end of the game. I do have a problem with that scene. But as a whodunit, like it's a very bad whodunit if you use whodunit rules because the killer is actually a character that's not that hasn't been there together. And like the metaphor, I would say, is that the city and the failed, the failures of the world kill the people. But like you just stumble into a solution. Like none, you're just a bad uh, group of incompetent cop that just stumble and everything. And I do think... That could have been like damning for a, a game that wanted to be a wooden it, but that game's smarter than this, and it knows it's subverting. No, but this the, is it. I love, I love it. I absolutely yeah. love the fact that it's, yeah, but you can't win them all, and sometimes it's all in the details, and yeah. sometimes it's going to be something random, and yeah, it was a random, random killing. Yeah, it's really good. It's it's a really strong game. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna flip through this stuff. <laughs> I don't I don't know what this, I don't know why I've written this down, but I have a quote. It's you from the book stand. Did you come to bring my cockatoo back? <laughs> oh, you know what? You know why I wrote this down? That's what she says to you before you tell her that her husband is dying. Right. Oh, did you get inside the crate? The shipping crate? No. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> oh, my gosh. You didn't get inside the shipping crate. No, I don't think so. Okay, I have I have to show you this picture, uh, but I'll describe what happens for radio purposes. Okay. You get inside the shipping crate. And you get in and light is completely distorted. The whole image is twisted. Things are like turned on their side. and But there's a man at the center of it. And you look at the man and he's you're like, what's going on? And he's like, oh, you know, this is, you know, I'm, I'm a, he's a normal person. You talk to him for a little bit. Um, his name is Mega Rich Light Bending Guy. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so your, my encyclopedia says this. My encyclopedia part of my brain is like, the Weissman-Wiseman coefficient is a ratio designed to reflect the difference in net worth between individuals. When the coefficient is close to 1 or 100%, it means one person possesses all the net worth among that group of individuals. It's been observed that when the Weissman-Wiseman coefficient reaches 0.96 or so, the laws of physics be begin to bend around the individual with the high net worth. <laughs> 
<laughs> so basically, this guy's so rich that you can't even take him in. Like, you can't process him. Um, uh, and he says, quote, I'm but a lowly single-digit billionaire. <laughs> um, <clears throat> you have this whole thing with him. You ask him, like, why are you in the shipping crate? And he's like, oh, well, you know, when you reach a certain level of richness, it's too bourgeois to take a boat or a jet. You want to go by shipping crate. <laughs> Uh, I never got that. It's so good. Um, you at, later on, you can. I saved scum for this because I desperately wanted to know before the end. You can you can sell him on um, on a plan, uh, on like a on an opt in th- or on like a, um, uh, a business idea that you have, and so you basically take the um, the dock work or the um, union organizer's plan to like work on a right a youth center, and then you you try and sell it to him like, oh, you're breeding the next generation of smart businessmen, and he's like, oh, that's a good idea. Uh, and then he says, all right, I'm going to invest with you. And he gives you some money. Uh, he also gives you $3 at some point. And so like, this is going to be good for something, right? And you're, and you're like, no. And he's like, oh, well, that's so good too. Then you're going to have to work for it. You got to invest your money. <laughs> oh my God. It's fucking great. I did find one of the biggest, um, actually the craziest role I succeeded uh, with Pure Luck was in the church. There's a hole where there's no sounds coming from. Mm-hmm. And uh, my character understood what it was, like, right away. And which was very funny because my character was stupid. Wait, there's a hole with no sounds? Maybe I haven't done this. There, There's a little bit of... There's a... Um, if you go in the church, there's a spot where you can stand. And if you talk, nothing comes out. Like, oh, no, I haven't. There's I no sounds. That. It's basically, like, the world... Um, Outside of the the, 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 the the city where you are, the world is taken by a thing called the Pell, which is basically a big black hole or whatever. So in the church, there's a black hole starting uh, in the middle of the church. And you theorize that it's why they created a church there, because like the black hole created the impression of like something godly happening in this place. That's cool. And uh, it was a two percent, three percent chance of oh. succeeding, and I got it, uh, which was lucky because you know, like maybe you're not never, maybe the the, the role in that game never uh, will never give you something interesting that happens. But I got lucky having interesting. Events I, I will it. say I was also I was not annoyed at the three percent rolls and like not getting those. I was annoyed when I would be at like seventy percent and then you'd fail. I would just kind of be like, ah, really? Yeah, I failed this one. But yeah. But you have to, it's just a human emotion. Yeah, that's a human emotion. And I, I was annoyed too. But like, it reminded me, and we've been talking about that, this game for a long time, but like no uh, no CRPG ever came close to imitating the, 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 the tabletop RPG reality where you need to play with your failure and all that stuff. And obviously, like Disco Elysium, everything is scripted. Like if they didn't script it, they, you cannot play it. So you cannot come with any of the solution. But... There's so much breadth to the writing that it's probably the closest we ever been to, like replicating a tabletop RPG in a video game. It's one hell of a game. Yep. Again, we can't. I, I can't go from Disco Elysium to Pathologic. I okay. just, I just can't do it. That's too much energy. They're, both of those games are too exhausting as games. Okay, let's talk about Mutazione. Yeah. What? Yeah. What do you mean? What do you What do you want to do? Instead? I, I you love, want to talk about something else? No, no. I love Mutazione. It's just I don't really know. It's a game like Night in the Woods that I felt a lot for those characters and just love being in the company of those characters. It's a really, 
it has exactly the same structure as Night in the Wood that you're just like playing a very um, mellow routine because like you're not working, you're basically on a vacation and just like interacting uh, with a bunch of character in a small village and there's a small drama village happening in there and I just enjoy being with those people. Yeah, I uh, I adored this game. Yeah, me too. I don't think I was expecting to love it even when I was playing it, I don't think I realized how much I was loving it. And then about halfway through, I was like, I just can't put this down. It was like a good book that I, yeah. which is there. If you go read any interviews with them, they were just keep talking about how, oh, it's a soap opera. It's a soap opera. And I'm like, yeah, okay, you nailed it. Because I couldn't put it down. I just had to keep finding out what was going on. Um, I'll tell you the, the analogy that um, came to mind for me is that this is the, this is a where the, a version of where the wild things are focused around trauma instead of, instead of around anger. Like, the way that this game is sort of teaching i can't remember the girl's name i think i wrote it down um yeah teaching kai teaching kai why adults do bad things and why she will do bad things too and then teaching her how to deal with like letting people off the hook for those things yeah. and de- accepting those things and you know realizing you have to roll with the punches and you can't dwell and you can't you know i, I was kind of surprised because like obviously at the beginning i was thinking it was about the death of your grandfather and that would be the arc of the story and it's not at all basically no yep not at all it's weird because i mean something very particular when i say this uh i think it might have the the most impressive sense of place um of any of these games like this is the one where i would i would just stand sort of like right outside of a tree and you're getting these like the really wide shot of the grandfather's house um, or any of the wide shots that are really impressive and like the agri- the the agriculture of the world feels very authentic and I, I maybe not even the planting mechanic I think the planting mechanic and actual gardening is probably the weakest part of the game yeah it's just it's it, I agree it's the weakest part of the game but it's also not insulting like it's no. just like free time take your time and have fun with it and yeah. that's it and I talked about like foley work in Resident Evil 2 Muta Zione has the best Foley work of any game. This it's game. really impressive how, how good the sound is in that game. It's, yeah, every, like, step. And you can kind of hear mm. the steps sort of echoing a bit, and everybody has a different pattern and all of the little sound effects. And, right. Yeah, and every character having their own set of problems that are could face Kai and her sort of meeting all mm-hmm. of them. Like, even Tongue just watching too much soap, too many soap operas of his own, and you being sitting there going, why are you watching this? And he's like... I'm watching them. I got to <laughs> find out. I think this is what's going on. Yeah, I just really love all the cast of character and and I'm feeling a lot for those people, even though I don't know. Like I, I feel we saw those kind of game way more than we. I don't know. Like it, it inherently is just a point and click slash visual novel. Uh, the the where this collision is. I wasn't as surprised by the form of that game that I was other game, but I just because I wasn't so so much surprised that by the form, I was really surprised that how much the writing got me. Basically. I, I think the writing is. Um, I think the proof is in the pudding. Like there are so many of these games that I go like, oh, this is maybe a little long, or like, oh, this is you know dragging, or this whatever, you know, that I'll sort of criticize them. Even Heaven's Vault, I think Heaven's Vault's probably too long in some spots. So that, this game I couldn't put down and I was so sad when it was over yeah. and um, I just wanted to go back to Mutazione and be there. Yeah. I loved it. Should we talk about Outer Wilds? Yeah, we should. Outer Wilds is... Um, it's pretty special. It's very, very <laughs> special. I don't even know where to begin with this game. This game makes me 
gleeful. Um, this is the type of game that you don't. I'm talking about Mutazione being something that you do see iterated on a lot and is very familiar. Uh, Outer Wilds is the kind of game that only comes around you know once in a blue yeah. moon, and especially for people like us who are playing fifty games a year, it's it's hard to do something like this that is so surprising and makes you think in such different ways. And, um, and it's also a game I would hear the preview about and be okay. It's going to be you know an indie. Um indie point and click with like space exploration a la Elite Dangerous but on a much smaller scope or No Man's Sky but on a much smaller scope and say okay I know what that game is and then you actually play it and it's kind of that but it's also completely something else well so you know what it is is that like whenever I try and hard sell this game to someone I always say to them this is the game you wanted No Man's Sky to be Mm -hmm. I mean, this is the game we wanted No Man's Sky to be, but like... Okay, and I'm not trying to disparage No Man's Sky, but I mean, like, when your imagination goes wild at the idea of No Man's Sky, what you actually want to happen, and I didn't realize this until I played it, it's not that I wanted to go to fantastic worlds and see incredible creatures, and what I wanted to go was, I wanted to go to unknown worlds and see unknown things. Yeah. And the expansiveness of this game and the mystery of this game that, that, even if you want to do comparison, like, sort of echoes a Dark Souls where you're like, I'm afraid to move because I don't know how things around me are going to behave. Mm-hmm. It's so impressive. Um, I think there's nothing else I like it. Uh, the thing I'm going to say is that, okay, I need to talk around some stuff here, but that game didn't grab me as fast as other because that game is scary in a way. Okay, I have a lot of time anxiety and obviously that game is happening on a 22 minutes loop. And that made me anxious a lot. That game uh, is a game where you're going to die a lot and you're going to die a lot in stupid way and in very scary way, which are uh, being lost in space with no like hair and seeing your ship like too far away to get back to and that kind of stuff. Like you're going to drown sometime, you're going to get crushed under stuff, you're going to crash and stuff all the time. And it makes it a game... I think the the only real flaw that game has is that it's harder to approach than a lot, I feel. Um, yeah, I think the onboarding is pretty bad in this game. I think that that is the that is the proper criticism. But it, also, like, the onboarding is not that great, but also the problem is that game is so different and how do you onboard yeah. people on this? Yeah, absolutely. And yeah, and I wouldn't change anything else about the rest of the game. Yeah. You just you want something in those first ten minutes to, to to be able to sell someone on yeah. this is why you need to play this. And game. like I feel for, and I feel it's going to be different for every people depending on which planet you go to, which stuff you find. But I feel like for the first three or four hour of that game, I was like completely lost, in a way that felt great sometimes, but also frustrating other time. I yeah I I, okay I I love this game. Yeah, this is the game, right? This is Outer Wilds. It's incredible. It's uh, I have infinite praise that I could heap on it. Um, I almost bounced off it. Yeah, I uh, I hated my first hour with it. I was like, oh my gosh, this is physicy nonsense. I was having visions of trying in my future. I was um, I was completely unenthralled by by the beginning of the game. Um, it was really when I went to like I think that moon section is not indicative no, enough. Not um, I also think that. Like, I don't know how other people have experienced it, but, like, I died a couple times before I even realized the time loop was happening. Yeah, me too. Um, but, like, I, even then, like, I kind of found my footing with the game when I, I went to Brittle Rock, which was the first planet I went to, like, the first real major planet once I got off um, Timber Hollow or Timber Hearth, whatever it is. 
and then kind of had that Dark Souls experience. Like, I'm going to try and jump from here to there, and I'm going to try and get from here to there, and I'm going to see how far I can get in this experience. And then that place has all of those emergent elements, like rocks flying from the sky, or like asteroids coming and hitting, and then all of a sudden the platforms are falling beneath you, and it anxiety-inducing is the name of the game. And yet when I think of this, I'm completely, like when I when I imagine Outer Wilds in my head, all I hear is the music of the banjo strings, and I feel like warm and fuzzy. This is a game that is a lot about facing your own mortality. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. But there's there's a thing to be said that uh, I had to unlearn stuff from other video game playing it because I said, like, I have a lot of time accidentally and the 22 minutes loop got me a lot in that game, but it's not that bad. Like, you, you never lose that much progress in it. But it felt, especially at the beginning, it felt like damning when I would get on a planet and the 20 minute loop and just die without anything happening. I was just, what the fuck am I doing? Also, like the first planet I got to for some reason was Giants Deep. And I died like being on platform that would shoot up in the air. And I just didn't understand why I died. And it was just kind of frustrating. But like at the same time, like discovery is what is the best part about the game. So I. I'm not saying that they couldn't have done better. I'm just saying I understand how hard it must have been mm-hmm. to onboard people onto this game. And they, in retrospect, they kind of did a good job uh, with what they had. I mean, the, yeah, I mean, and it worked for enough people. Like, people yeah. seem to love this game, which is such a sigh of relief. That... Yeah. I also forgot, like, I, I played a little bit last night in preparation for today. I forgot how in motion that game is. Like I forgot that sometimes you'll be on a planet and you can kind of all, like you can kind of feel so, the galaxy spinning on itself. A thing that is uh, very special about that game on a technical level, and it might be one of the reasons why the game uh, from up close doesn't look that good, uh, though it looks pretty good, is that um, the whole game runs in memory all the time. So like if you're playing, um, you know, there was a meme uh, a few years ago about the Horizon Zero Dawn where they showed in the making of that the world only exists in front of you, basically. Like, behind you, there's nothing happening. Like, there's no simulation of character happening or whatever unless you saw them. Which is a... It's frustrating calling or something like that. It's a technique used in 99% of the AAA game. Other worlds... Other wilds, sorry, doesn't work that like that. Like, the whole game is in simulation all the time, which... You're basically, the planets are basically oversized sphere, which is why they don't have that much texture, uh, because they save memory on that stuff. Because That's like, cool. Yeah, well, and it's not useful all the time to the game, but it makes sense that when you're on the twin thing, you can look at Brittolo and see part of Brittolo falling. It. Or if you teleport there from, like, yeah, yeah it's still going to be where it's supposed to be what a what a joy yeah that game is and uh, also need to say that game nails the ending in yeah the way I never expected it to be able to and it and it does it with the trope and with its own like it's basically it's basically 2001 right like it's your life yeah. flashing before your eyes and the end of the world and the end of the galaxy and saying goodbye to it but like it has its own spin and its own personality yeah, and, and it's like scary in bits and scary and loving and visually impressive and like everything about it works so well ah yeah love that game outer world's really good i'm um i'm terrified to talk about pathologic because pathologic is nearly impossible to talk about um i'll say that the first thing 
I wanted to start, I wanted to just like put some words down because I was like, this is the biggest game. This is the biggest game of the year to talk about. Not, not maybe not for spots or anything like that. I just mean like this is the densest video game and it's impossible to wrap your brain around all of the moving pieces it has. But do you remember, I don't remember the context of when it came out, but we, we've laughed about before and there's definitely recording of us laughing about you making the joke of what if, what if video game characters are alive? Oh yeah, I do remember and that. What if like code is enough to give something a conscience, and then every time you kill somebody in Diablo, they d- they yeah, it's like yeah, if you die in the Matrix, you die in real life. But yeah, it's a video game. <laughs> um, that's that's the most succinct analogy I can give to what the fuck <laughs> is going on in Pathologic. That sounds terrifying. <laughs> um, yeah, and it is. It is the most upsetting video game i've ever played um there were times where i would play this game and i would walk away like bitter and angry and resentful and like physically upset and probably because i was clenching all of my muscles and like not even realizing it like this game is so damning yeah so this is where i'm beginning <laughs> with path with path logic uh, like i'm i'm sorry i i so I haven't played Pathologic. I've played two hours or something. I I should have made time for it. Like it's the game I feel the most regretful about not playing. This well, year. and I, I think I said it to you when I was playing it, which was two months ago. Um, it, it's almost like it's a papers please by way of Dead Rising or something yeah. because of the way that the systems are interacting and the way that it's making you feel. And and that's why I that's why I think you really would have loved it if you'd found the time. Is that papers please element? I love Dead Rising too. The first one's very good. Yeah, Dead Rising 1 is super fun. Okay, so to, to do some setup, so this is a game that takes place on, I think it's, I can't remember if it's 12 or 13 days, but you're on a 12 or 13 day cycle, and every day the time is passing as you go through it. You are you are set in like, it's like a late 19th, early 20th century make-believe Russia, something right. along those lines. Um, and... You are a doctor who has arrived in town to find out, you find out very quickly that your father has been murdered. And your father was the doctor, the town doctor. So that's that's the basic story that's happening to your character. Now there's a whole other meta story going on where you are an actor in a play who has been commissioned to perform a role. And these two stories are kind of happening in tandem where some characters not all characters but some characters when they talk you think they're talking to the character artemi who's in the game but they're not talking to artemi they are talking to you the player so a lot of dialogue is happening and they're discussing mistakes that you are making that artemi is not aware of there's a point later on in the game where a character is talking to artemi to artemi and condemning him for the suffering he is causing you the player in his (laughs) in his negligence and bad choice making I'm just gonna start. I'm just gonna keep saying things about Pathologic just to set up more of this world. Every time you die in Pathologic, now you you're looking after your health, your thirst, your stamina, and your um, whether or not you have the plague. Now every time you die, your health permanently decreases, um, like a Dark Souls. Uh, so you have to be very careful not to die. At some point in this game, well, first you should know that every time you die, the director talks to you and he says watch out, you're in trouble, I'm going to take something from you, whatever. At some point, you die and you wake up, and there's another actor there. It's not the director, it's an actor in the play. And the actor's talking to you, and he's like, oh, you know, I see you're having a hard time. I can I can make some tweaks. I can make this easy on you. I can give you all your health back. 
I'm going to take something, though. <laughs> I'm not going to tell you what. I'm not going to tell you when. But I'm going to take something. <laughs> do you want me to spoil what he takes from you if you do yeah, this? Yeah, sure. If you take him up on his deal, play the rest of the game. No problem. Everything's good. You have more health. Uh, and then you get to the end. There's no end. <laughs> he takes the end of the game. He steals your ending. Uh, completely robs the game of its of its plot and cohesion. Uh, and this is the world that Pathologic sets up. And it's fucking so cool and amazing and upsetting and miserable. Uh, and there's no other game quite like it. It's a series of like clockwork systems, which is doubly interesting because of the acting and the performance that's going on. Like really... You know, you hear people say that, you know, a lot of good games are playable on pen and paper, regardless of the 3D, right? Like Breath of the Wild, even going back to an 8-bit for some of their design. Uh, this is a game that works as a board game and behaves as a board game and then is obsessed with making you feel the punishment, uh, the ramifications that you are having on this board game and the and the lives at stake in it. Like, they do a lot of stuff with... So there are these these pantomimes in the world, which is the cover of the game, yeah. people with the white faces, and they are constantly in the world, invisible to everyone else except for okay. you, the player. So the, I need to say that there's a movie, um, a Japanese movie called Double, Double Suicide, which is like a, an adaptation of a marionette plays. But you see, the, in the movie, they're real actors, but the, the the puppeteers are still there, like behind the actors and playing with the actors. It just it sounds it's yeah. a similar idea of what's going That's on. That's fucking great. Yeah, yeah, I and mean, you've definitely seen it at the very beginning of the game, yeah. where it's flashing. It shows it shows you it introduces you to every character in the game, and then they flicker between being pantomimes. And then being coffins. <laughs> uh, every time you turn around, someone is dying around you. You also, at the very beginning of the game, it begins with a premonition of things to come, and you see the plague at its full um, manifestation. I'm going to continue to spoil things about this game. Uh, this game has an incredible economy, maybe the best economy of any game that I can think of. At the start of the game, you are collecting money and objects and items, and you need resources to survive. On day three, you're going about the game, you're filling quests, you're doing whatever, and... Um, a gong the bell starts ringing in the center of town you just hear like it's basically the sirens of like something is wrong and the pantomimes start miming to to shush and their other hand is pointing you in a direction and you follow the pantomimes to the center of town where the town council is talking and saying you're the only doctor in town and the plague has broken out and we need to deal with this and then from that point society just starts to collapse at a rapid clip uh, so things that you've been collecting for the first three days, which amounts to, so, you know, some 10 hours or so, stuff like money stops mattering because who the fuck needs money? The plague is here. Right. You start having to learn who needs what types of resources when and certain areas of town become completely uh, unavailable to you or you could. You could venture into particular areas and, and, you know, risk catching the plague in order to get resources. So you start having to barter more. So, for example, children really like sharp objects and nuts. Um, now, the sharp objects is funny, and it kind of makes some sense. The nuts, they tell you that they like because nuts are living creatures. So they talk to the nuts, uh -huh. and uh, sometimes they'll trade you nuts back because they're like, I've already heard everything this nut has to say. <laughs> and you put it back in your pocket, and you go find another kid to trade it to. So all of the... Yeah, I, I'm trying to think of other things that you need to know about this game, Pathologic 2, because it's all so remarkable and interesting. Yeah, there's a, one of the major motifs of the whole game is everything happens in threes. 
uh, like every body that you eventually have to dissect is broken up into threes. There are three main fractions uh, factions in town. Yeah, there's just so much wonderful magical realism. I, I know that I've told you this before, but there's a there's a part of the game where a character starts telling you not to run because running might hurt the earth. And I never quite figured out if this is a real mechanic or not. I was, It's one of those things that sounds completely fabricated and make-believe, but like I also told you, at some point someone says, when you hear the gurgling of God, pour blood on the ground, and that turned out to be a real-ass mechanic. So. <laughs> so that's the thing. Talking about society collapsing, um, when, you, when you run, you consume stamina. And obviously making it between point A and point B in a time, in a, in a, during a day is very important. And there's, there are water, can, uh, like barrels everywhere in town. So for the first part of the game, you're fine, you run and there's water barrels everywhere and you drink water. Uh, very quickly, those water barrels start becoming infected with the plague and become no, useless to you. So they start breaking down. So you can start spending time gathering resources to fix, fix crucial barrels, or you can do something else with your time, like helping people or finding out about the story. Curing the plague and finding out who murdered your father are, of course, two very important <laughs> plot lines, one of which you're probably going to have to sacrifice at some point in order, <laughs> in order to keep yourself alive. Ultimately, you can figure out a cure for the plague. Okay. But you can't make very much of it. So you eventually, uh, you end up having like a home base that you can work out of. And you have a, a boy who hangs out with you there, like a small boy, a little kid. And he wants to be a doctor one day too, so he helps you out a lot. When I finally figured out the cure to the plague, there was a moment where I, I had it in my inventory and I went back to, um, I didn't, you don't quite know exactly how you made it. You just have one. You know you have a proper cure. And I went back to my home base and I had a full like Avengers Infinity War moment where I turned to my my little boy and he just kind of has a like, Tony, I don't feel so good. <laughs> and, then, and then I'm like looking at my little boy with the cure in my hand going like, you are not a major character. You are not plot relevant. <laughs> you are dying. I don't know what to do. I don't know how to resolve this situation. Do I want to? And it puts you in these positions all the time and it's so great. Pathologic 2 is a hell of a game. I really wish I... <laughs> i i could uh i could go but um a lot of the other things about this game that work are are things that i think also work very well in disco it's a lot of the you know the dialogue and the decision making and what you want to use your time yeah, for the, and when the and, writing in those two games is just tremendous oh yeah at some point the military shows up as you saw in that premonition and the military just starts wiping people out yeah, yeah i replayed the very beginning of it also uh last night just because it was on game pass and i forgot about the line early on he says did you come to me because there's a light? There's a, you're like a moth to a flame, and it's this like commentary on shitty video game quest markers, and you being like, this must be the spot for me to be. I'm supposed to be here. <laughs> this is my spot, right? <laughs> yeah, okay, Pathologic 2. Yeah, the writing, uh, for the two hours I played in it, the writing is just really upsetting, and you don't exactly know why, but it's... it's yeah, it, it really throws you off kilter. Uh, every night at midnight, you can go and watch a play, where they foreshadow what's coming in the day right. to come. So you start having to like try and make decisions based on the who is dying and what they're like, <laughs> what category of people is dying. Um, yeah, it's so cool. Okay. I think we have now at least touched on every single yeah, one of these games. Yeah, we touched on every of uh, those games. And uh, now we order them. Now we order them. Okay, going off our alphabetical stuff. I think Outer Wilds needs to move up dramatically yeah we we can start being honest about stuff I, okay I maybe it's time yeah uh i do think other wild is probably the game of the year okay okay is outer wilds your game of the year it is i okay. i did think about changing it but it, it is it is the game that stayed with me the most and i i feel i need to replay that game 
Um, and it's kind of weird. It's a, it would be a weird game to uh, replay because I could finish it on the first loop now that I know what the solution is. But I feel I need to replay that game and refill the whole rumor. I want to I want to grapple with the story again yeah. in that game. I I agree. Outer Wilds is also my game of the year. Yeah, obviously. It's... I was pretty sure about that going in yeah. that we would agree on that thing. I think. I mean, you want me to just start saying my list and we <laughs> we course correct. <laughs> I don't think Winmots will get super high because I'm the only person that has it on my list and it's not that high on my list. Though I will say it wasn't it wasn't one of the games I was unsure about about putting on my list. I was sure from the get-go Winmots needed to be there. I just think it's such a good idea and they do so well by it. It's not my favorite game to play, obviously, but like just thinking about Winmots just makes me smile at how clever it is i mean i i also love wilmot's wilmot's um i would actually be uh the bottom two here sekiro and wilmot's narrowly made my list you didn't put sekiro what it's the first year that the from software <laughs> game didn't crack it no. okay okay I'm... i 2019 i fucking love sekiro yeah i love sekiro and i i i was going i was saying to Anna how upset I was that Sekiro wasn't on my list because it is the only game this year that I swallowed whole. Like, yeah. it's the only game that I could not... Like, and I... I a little bit with Mutazone too, actually. But Sekiro is a 40-hour game and I consumed it in, like, yeah. two and a half weeks or something. Like, I couldn't stop playing it. I did finish Discordism uh, <laughs> in four days. Wow! Which wasn't... Although, you know what? I said, wow. I finished Discordism in four days, too. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. But I was also a little bit racing to uh, yeah this Coliseum is the game i thought for a long time it would maybe be my number one but i do think other while this more interesting i do think the most damning thing about this Coliseum is that it doesn't have that many system like it's a visual novel and i'm not saying that against it but it's just that everything is scripted you know what else i would say uh and i i, I agree with you and i agree with the way you're describing it I, I'm a little bit surprised how many people in the discourse talking about Disco Elysium keep referring to it as a CRPG because like I really it's, it's barely I mean, that it's what it is is an adventure game or a visual novel yeah, more than well, a CRPG it, it's just and I do think also some of the flaws of the game are the trapping of a CRPGs the, the equipment system's not good uh, I do think the movement moving around is not super fun and always pressing to see everything that highlights I do think it, it would be a, a it would be a better game with a controller. Yeah, like, absolutely. I'm annoyed that I can't couldn't use a controller. Like it's probably one of the best written game ever made, but like it, it, it comes with the trapping of a video game more than other world, other world. Sorry, does. it happened. We almost made it six hours. Yeah. <laughs> but that that game grabbed me by the throat and never let off. And uh, like I again, I couldn't stop thinking about it, and uh, I was surprised. So I do think the the the. the so there's the hand of the wood on it, but after that you come with Kim, with your partner, uh, back on the shore because you were in a little boat. And there's a part where they show you all the choices you made, and I'm not a fan of that part. Like, I could have done without it. I do think the hand of the wood on it is perfect, and I didn't expect that game to nail that landing at all. Because most wood on it, I think, are, by definition, they're very interesting when you're in it, but when you get to the end, it's like... Oh, okay. Like, uh, the mystery is more interesting than the solution. And that game kind of subverts that that thing. And I was very surprised that by the end, it was, oh, it actually succeeded 
in that we done it. Did you see the bug at the end? I did. Okay, okay. Did you also see the bug? Yeah, I, I'm not sure. I wasn't sure. I, like, if you don't do the side quest with the bugs, I'd... I... Yeah, I don't know. I okay. was wondering, did you... Did you were, you... were you able to take a picture of the bug? Yeah. Okay, I was too. I was wondering... Because he only has two shots in his camera. Yeah. And one of them he uses on the body. There must be another place you can yeah, use probably. that shot that's really interesting. I'm, I'm curious uh, what it was. The bug's cool. I like that the bug the, shows the up cool. and the bug is just chill. And <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I really like that ending. But it was, again, that grabbed me the most, but All Our Wild is my top. Disco Elysium. I, I love it, too. Uh, okay, let's move Death Stranding down one spot beneath Disco Elysium. <laughs> <laughs> I... Death Stranding is not on my list. Oh, I forgot it's not on your list. And even putting it on my list, it would be narrow because I do feel there's too much stuff in there that shouldn't be there. Okay, and like, let, let's let's ten. Okay, I'm gonna move it way down. Okay, let's tentatively put it here okay. above Sekiro. Okay, and um, at number eight. You know, as much as we laugh when he says stupid stuff about the Kojima brand of writing. We we didn't. Okay, go ahead. We we didn't talk too much about the writing, but like sometimes the writing. The stuff I like about the writing of Death Stranding is not always on purpose. Sometimes it is. But, like, there's a lot of, oh, Kojima, that's so stupid. Like, I uh, I, I texted you this, and I'm, I'm just going to put it on paper here. But um, I do think Death Stranding's world and writing and all of that is less of a less of a praise of Death Stranding and more of an indictment of all other video games. And I also complain to you about this, but I still can't get over the fact that it's not an origin story and that that is unique and it makes me <laughs> so angry because i had this moment where i was trying to flip through AAA games going like assassin's creed every year it's a, it's a fucking origin story every single year every like i just played horizon zero dawn origin story new god of war game comes out it's the fifth god of war game origin story like it's it's crazy yeah but death stranding he's a i don't know how old I don't know how old he is, but like he's experienced a life. He's a very good porter at this point. Yeah, and the, the opening and... cutscene is doing all this stuff on the on that motorcycle, and I'm like, I don't know how to do that on that <laughs> motorcycle. I took the motorcycle and then went like a hundred meters forward, and then stop. Yeah, stop because like a rock was in the way, and then I lost all my baggage, and it sucked. Yeah. I don't think it's impressive. I, I actually think the um, first two hours of that game and the way it introduces you to the fiction of the world are very, very well done. Yeah, but there's really a point for me where in every cutscene after a while, I was just, oh, I'm not listening anymore. <laughs> <laughs> well, but like that first one where he's there with Quiet and they're avoiding the invisible monsters and quiet. stuff. Quiet. Oh, not Quiet. Uh, fragile. fragile. Oh my fragile. God. <laughs> I take it all back. We hate Death Stranding now. Uh, uh, there's stuff I love. Fragile. When- She's not fragile, though. <laughs> like the one of the time where you BB has just his face mushed in the um, it's a little container and whatever, and looking at you with the face mushed, I really love. Like there's a, I, I, I'm a little too mean with Kojima saying like everything happens on accident because sometimes it's knowingly funny and knowingly stupid. And you know what scene? I, I just watched Anna and I couldn't stop laughing. There's a scene where dead man Gerald del toro he has a secret to tell you and he can't he doesn't want anyone to eavesdrop on the conversation so he's like i have to take a shower oh okay to be fair first he got peed on by the baby uh he, get, he gets peed on by the bb and then he has to go take a shower 
and then he like looks around and he pulls you into the shower with him and you guys have a very intimate conversation in the shower where no one's eavesdropping on your conversation it's a very funny scene also one of those moments that's just like okay this is actually you think you're doing espionage but it's not espionage it's kojima humor and yeah death strand is not on your list huh no it's a good game i'm really surprised sekiro is not on your list i love sekiro i hope you do i, I like a lot yeah does Sekiro need to move up? Yeah, for me it needs to. I'm happy with Wilmot's at number 10, but I'd rather ask Sekiro than the same thing. How much do you like kind words? Oh, I, is that on your top? Is that a number two or something? Uh, no, no, it's not a number two, but you do need to understand that kind words, low fi chill beats to write to is the best strand game of the year. Mm. Enough said? Is that is that all there is to say? I, mean, uh, I don't know. Okay, I'm going to read you some more things here <laughs> from uh, from the best stranded game of the year. So I asked the community of Kind Words. I sent them a message and I said, um, I asked them if Kind Words was a game. <laughs> <laughs> I should have been more meta like this. <laughs> and uh, I do feel like I'm breaking some type of sacred vow by yeah. sharing this information with you. Because I feel like Kind Words is supposed to be anonymous, supposed to stay anonymous, and this is. But yeah. I'm, I'm, telling, I'm telling you this. I'm just going to read you two of the answers that I got. One of them was, quote, it provides some internal rewards to participants. It requires some effort to participants. That's fair. It's a good answer. That's a good answer. Um, another one I got. I think of I think of it like a game that shows us there are like-minded people in the world that share our pain, insecurities, and frustrations. Yeah. Good answers. Another, uh, I'm not going to share the, no, the okay. details of what I uh, what I said here. But someone sent me a message, and they just said this. They said, you're not a rotten old person. You're just a person. That's pretty cute. I, I was, <laughs> I'm ready to start crying right now. Like, that is a very, like, like nice thing to okay, say to a human that's being. that's way better than what I got. Uh, that's it. Like, one of the best uh, prompt I said in kind words was just, like, I, I did the opposite of you. I started really real, and after a while, I was just, oh, maybe I'm going to just ask for a nice word and whatever. I was like, I miss having a dog. Just tell me the story about your dog. And people, like, went oh, really? very... I don't know. I feel probably because the, the the message they were seeing were so dire that it was just like... Here's oh, a nice I, thing. I'm yeah, going to talk with you. Here here's a, a nice yeah. thing. I'm going to talk about my dog. Oh, much that stupid old nine years old dog. Oh, much I love that thing. And it just felt very nice. It sounds, kind words, lo-fi chill beats to write to is so good. <laughs> but yeah, for me, I got too much. Not not bad message. I didn't get any bad message that needed moderation. I just Too many mediocre messages. Yeah, mediocre. Just people that felt that they cared, but they just couldn't voice anything meaningful about the problem I had or the problem I wrote to. And I'm not blaming them, of course. I, I would concede that it should go down. Okay. I'm not sure how far down it needs to go here. Uh, do you want to put it all the way down and then we maybe move it up? Or do we want to... Let's put it there. So we put it at number eight between Sekiro and Dead Threatening for now. I think that Pathologic needs to move up. Right now it's at number five. I agree. Like you, you sold me on Pathologic the whole way through. Like again, it's not on my list because I haven't played it. But it would have been on my list if I had the... The, the time, the extra. <laughs> you know, when when Apple were talking about removing the, uh, <laughs> the iPhone jack, like the courage, the logic, <laughs> ask real, real questions. Yeah. 
Yeah, like you would tell me, I'm gonna agree wherever you want to put Pathologic. You tell me it's number two, it's gonna be number two. I... It, it is my number two. Okay, let's Outer put Wilds it number into two. Pathologic. Yeah, you're, you're, yeah you let's put it in number two. All I right. do agree with that. Pathologic's great. I'm so pissed that this game's a commercial failure. Yeah, what a disaster. Yeah, and even like, I get that the player are not interested, but that the media didn't catch that game at all. Like, I... I think I saw one article on Waypoint, but like nothing on GameSpot, nothing on IGN, nothing like... You know, you know and you know what's also, a, uh, you know, obviously I'm more sad for the team than anything, but remember I said that the game takes place in threes? Yeah. Like you're supposed to have three characters, like everything's supposed to be... The, yeah, know. and they're not going to finish it. No. I still think what's already there is worth commanding. Oh anyway. yeah, and if they put out another two characters today, like I, I would have a very hard time muscling the courage to do another 40-hour yeah. playthrough of Pathologic. Yeah. But like it's very... and. Obviously, it's not a triple game, and it's not gonna attract the same kind of player. But that game deserves more space than a lot of indie game that got their space. Yeah. yeah. All right, I feel very good about uh, about Pathologic being this high. What do you think the next change needs to be here? Okay, uh, I think Sayonara is not one of the greatest. I really like Sayonara, but for me, it's like kind of low tier on there. Oh yeah, so I, I uh, it's at number six right now. Maybe I would put it more at eight or something. Let let's let's nestle it between Sekiro and Kind Words. Okay, okay. So right now, Sekiro six, Sayonara seven, Kind Words, Lo-Fi Chill Beats to Right to eight, Death Stranding nine, Wilmot's ten. We feel like that's. I'm. I would be pretty fucking happy with that list, really. You you like Heaven's Vault more than you like Mutazione? Yes. Really? Okay. I like, okay. Evans Vault is my number two this year. Evans Vault's your number two? Yeah. Really? I was so impressed by so much of it that I excuse it. It has way more fader than Disco Elysium, but I do think it operates on a scope that is just so impressive. Huh? I was uh, not expecting it to be that high for you. But there's also the fact that I actually like the driving around, though. Like, I really enjoy those it's oh. not it's not a game i rushed through though like it's a game i played over two months i i played it over three weeks i didn't feel like i was rushing it like this was a game i no. chipped away at and i still felt like oh my gosh this every time the robot would offer to take control i'd be like yeah take it no no I'm, take me there i never did it <laughs> and i really like that game changes depending where you go first in the story, like one of the decisions you make often in that game that you don't realize is the choice at the beginning is after you do a discovery, if you go back to your surrogate mother or if you go back to your uh, uh, to another city or to another village, like events in that game will be cut off from you. And this Coalition also does that, but like it, I think this game does it in a more you actually never know when you're making a, a, choi- you, a choice. Yeah. You, yeah. And I think that's really impressive and worth commending. I, I do think that it has way more failures than Disco Elysium, which is my number three. But uh, at the end of the day, I'm super impressed uh, by it. And I obviously I'm not the person to talk about, but it's a game that bas- that talk about colonialism and very heavy stuff too. And I don't think I'm not the person to decide that, but I think that game is probably 100% perfect on those subjects. Like I do think it nails... Um, it doesn't end up being problematic by proxy or anything like that. No, it doesn't feel that way at all. You know what I also love about Heaven's Vault? And maybe we actually saw different things. Uh, 
I uh, I really like her pseudo PTSD based on the events that happened in that game. Like the first time she has a fall, and then every other time I tried to ca- cross a gap, she's yeah. like, "I'm not doing that." Like, I, yeah. like completely freezing up about the idea of crossing. But gaps. you could cross anyway. I had I had a couple that I could not cross again. Okay, I, it never uh, blocked me though. Um, I did have something like that where she was. Maybe maybe, maybe I'm conflating yeah. things, but there was definitely some stuff that I felt like, oh, I wonder if I could have done this had I not had that first fall. Yeah, and you know that that game has some issues. Like there's a weird hell mechanic that just come like three times in the whole game, uh, one time at the beginning, and it's just weird. Uh, the the rewind function I think is weird. The cinematogra- the cinematography is a little off in spot, but. I do like a lot of the custom art too. Like there's, it's yeah. a very, it's obviously a budget constrained game. And then some, every once in a while you'll get like a real still animation, but it's just a completely different shot than anything yeah. you've seen. And, it looks really and there's, good. the graphics are really good for why it is still. When, and it's a good, I mean, whatever, this is, this is explaining away budget issues, right? Yeah. But I think it's the idea of everything being cyclical and everything being, um, re- repeating makes the idea of everyone being wispy and kind of, right. uh, like it kind of works with the theming of the game. And just there's stuff in that game, like giving items to the dude in the library or sending them to the dude on the other planet and trying to buy slave with certain items. It's just like that there's no money economy, but they had to account that you could use any item in any of those places. And that's yeah, like a lot of times, I'm not. I wasn't thinking in a way. Oh, I want to replay to see what happened. I'm just. I was just impressed that the game was ready for me doing what what I was whatever doing. you chose to do. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, I like Heaven's Vault a lot. Uh, maybe number two is too much for you. I guess. Uh, I like Disco Elysium more than I like Heaven's Vault. Yeah, but like I like that list too because Disco Elysium is my number three. I love Disco Elysium so much, and it was when I said. Like, I was switching this Elysium number two and number one from time to time, but, like, I do think, looking back on it, Evans Vault and um, Other Wilds are the game I want to recommend the most to people, but, like, this Elysium is in that same ballpark for me. And then Mutazione would be more, like, uh, number five. Uh, Mutazione is my number three. Oh, really? I love Mutazione. I, I, <laughs> yeah, I had such a good time with that game. I, it's my number four, so like, uh, just because I don't have Pathologic, I, I really yeah. I really do like that game. It's just that, again, uh, it's very similar to Night in the Woods when I think about it. it. it it's yeah. basically the same concept, and that's not an issue, but like... Well, it, I, same mechanical concept. Yeah. But I, I like I like different things about each of them. I, I like Night in the Woods more. Yeah, me too. But Mutazione... Um, Really, I will say, and and it wasn't for like a lack of satisfaction or anything like that. Like, I really was shocked that I finished it and was like, yeah, I'm, I really want like, to stay devastated here. to be leaving Mutazione yeah. and be done with this trip. And and then it tells an adult story. Like, it kind of has that almost like the Firewatch thing where you're like, oh, these are adults. They're having adult yeah. issues. It's not, you know, like she's 15, and yeah, okay, that's yeah. a thing. Like, she's learned. She, you're seeing everything through her eyes, but that thing deals with affairs and relationships and you know. I just love that cat lady. No, I really love that cat lady. Yeah. Even though her story is fucking tragic, uh, I really love that person. It seems like this is probably our list. Yeah, I'm. I'm really happy with Sekiro number six. Um, there's some stuff about Sekiro. Uh, I feel uh, it's just that there's been so many Souls games now that some of their um, tropes are getting a little tired so i feel like the repeating content well when you die the death penalty and all that stuff i could 
I feel they could try to change a little more about it. Um, the way, like, there's a nice step in that game in the way that they treat uh, what's a, a main enemies and a, a mini boss and a full boss. But I still feel mm. like at, at, after a while, I just didn't care about fighting normal enemies in the game. It was just a mini boss and the main boss that were interesting. But again, like, it's not that much of an issue either because um, I don't know, you could just run through most fight and i i like the general story of that game like i, I like the fact that they leaned into the story more it's a uh, much better one well, it's a much more straightforward story but it still has this weird uh like you're gonna have a playable flashback once and yeah. it's just super weird that you're there and it's just created a very interesting dynamic you, in the story you know what i think is uh very good in sekiro that the only other Souls game I actually really feel like does it well is um, Dark Souls 2. The, the A lot of the boss fights are very pretty. Yeah. Whereas most of the Souls games feels like, oh, okay, you're in an arena, you're going to do a fight. Sekiro and Dark Souls 2 both have those like, oh, there's a horizon in the background. Or, oh, in Sekiro, there's like, okay, there are flowers everywhere. And, yeah. uh, or there's waterfalls. And I, I, I appreciate that. I, I really like that monkey fight where it starts flinging poop at you. I really like fighting that rooster in the first village. It's just a giant rooster, just man-sized rooster that starts attacking you and you can slice it up at some point. Oh, yeah, that takes a And I, I love the mobility of it. Like, that, that actually Sekiro, the Souls game, from the Souls team, is more responsive and quick-wielding than the latest Batman game. Like, yeah, you zip the- around the map and move everywhere and... And as much, like, I don't think it's the most remarkable of the Souls game, but it's it feels like the one I want to replay the most. Like, I just want to buy that game again on PC and just, like, go through the, the boss fight I liked and, yeah. like, replay those fights. Yeah. Hey, Sekiro's amazing. I have no complaints having Sekiro on a list. I, I think this might be, the, like, I'm very satisfied with this list Yeah, right I'm now. very this satisfied a very with good this list. list Should we read it out one more time and, yeah. and wrap? Okay, counting from 10 to 1, we have Wilmot's Warehouse, number 10, Death Stranding, number nine. Kind Words, Lo-Fi, Chill Beats to Write to, number eight. Sayonara, Wild Hearts, number seven. Sekiro, Shadows Die Twice, number six. Mutazione, number five. Heaven's Vault, number four. Disco Elysium, number three. Pathologic, number two. Pathologic 2, number two. And Outer Wilds, number one. The obvious one. The obvious one. (laughs) Should we go to... We're all on this now? Yes, we should. Yeah. Uh, although I think we've yeah, we said, said it all aloud regardless. All right, I have mine here. Okay. I'll go from 1 to 10 this time. Okay. I have Outer Wilds at number 1, Pathologic at number 2, Mutazione number 3, Disco Elysium number 4, Sayonara Wild Hearts number 5. Oh, really? Kind Words number 6, Death Stranding number 7, Devotion number 8. Heaven's Vault, number 9, and East Shade, number 10. Okay. East Shade is a good number 10. It's a good number 10 game. Yeah. uh, So my list is Other Wilds, number 1, like you. Uh, Heaven's Vault, number 2, which is really high. I'm very very surprised and excited about Heaven's Vault at number 2 on your list. Uh, I don't like that game. Also, I'm very interested in writing in video game, and I just think it's probably one of the most interesting not the best writing because like best technical writing is the Elysium, which is my number three uh mutazione at number four Sekiro at number five still a great game wilmot's at number six wilmot's <laughs> at number six wowee uh 
that game makes me happy. You should text. You should tweet Hideo. Say, hey, I have the better delivery. I do think it's a better strong game of the year. That game makes me happy. It's just so clever and so creative. It's not the game I'm going to play the most. It's not the game I'm going to play in two years. But just thinking about organizing my little slice of madness that was my thing at the end of the day just makes me happy. It only makes sense for me. And just, I, I feel, I did watch some other people play that game. And being, mm. oh no, you, you got that all upsetting. wrong. Yeah. You got that all wrong. No, what? The colors are not the thing. The colors are not the yeah. thing. Those are the aliens thing. And <laughs> yeah, and it's weird because in my head, yeah, it's instantly it was it was concepts, and no one's yeah. gonna be able to read concepts quite the same way I read concepts. Yeah. Like, because you know, I had travel as a concept at some yeah. point. Uh, yeah, uh, for a while, my car and my flying saucers were in the same spot, but. But then eventually they have to transform. You yeah. have to remove. You have to reorganize. But yeah, eventually I had a tree-eyed monster, and that doesn't fit with the car, Mm-mm. but that does fit with a flying saucer. I I love that game. It's so stupid. Uh, Sayonara Wild Arts at uh, number seven. I still do love that game, even though that game is is the. I think it might be even more s- slight of a thing yeah. in some ways than like even a kind words. Yeah. But it truly. I, I played through the whole thing again last night. Yeah. Is the thing I do think the fact that it's one hour long makes it even better, because it feels like bubble gum in a way that if it would have been three hours, I would have never replayed Let's it pop. and just forgot about it. Yeah. But just because it's an hour, I'm gonna play it maybe once a year. Yeah. Yeah. Kids is number eight. I was not disappointed, but I was not fitting it as well as plug and play. I still think plug and play is better, but the more I think about it, the more I this is different. This is different than any other game that exists in that space, even in the weird experimental video game space. Like there's nothing quite like it, and yeah, Fire Emblem Three Houses is number nine. That game could have been number two or three if it were, if it nailed everything it went for, but it doesn't. And Life is Strange 2 is number 10. Oh, I feel weird. Uh, Life is Strange 2 is just the the good moments are so strong, but the bad moments are kind of real bad. Remember when we described the ending of Life is Strange 2 and had to take a pause on the podcast for a little <laughs> bit? we're about to cry? Yeah. That game is uh, something else. It yeah, is. It, it, also very disappointing that I didn't get the traction. Yeah. Um, oh, I was so upset after episode one that I had not heard a single person talk yeah. about this game up until... I do think it's more upsetting for Pathologic than this, but still. To, uh, well, and Heaven's Vault also. Yeah. Like, n- no... A little more, but not that much. It... I saw some really stupid reviews about that game. I'm about Heaven's gonna... Vault? Yeah, I'm not going to name any. We're going to talk about them after that, because I don't want to blame anybody on a podcast but i saw some real bad takes on that game yeah there's a lot of bad takes on video games yeah video games generally you've been listening to the only good (laughs) 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 on that note please remember (laughs) that this uh this hidden podcast is (laughs) the only two good takes we we've got wilmot's wearing (laughs) don't you forget it uh, the, I feel um, it's the only year where we fit with the uh, consensus. 
I feel uh, or number one. Sorry, feel uh, fit with most people consensus. Oh yeah, with like, consensus uh, of the rest of the internet. Yeah, yeah. other worlds was well, uh, Obradin was also like a big game, but I feel. But this year, the hard, it's it was actually cool for the industry at large that the hard split for game of the year this year was between two indie games of Outer Wilds and Disco Elysium. Yeah, like I guess a couple Sekiro's. Yeah, a couple Sekiro, but like still Sekiro deserves it. Too. Yeah, for sure. But yeah, like that, the end games were the prominent s- games this year were indie games. Yeah, yeah. Uh, which feels great. I'm very happy. It about feels that. right. As much as I'm angry, uh, I, I'm angry. Pathologic didn't find in those ends. It's cool that other wilds, which is also like a big ask. Yeah, did find yeah. its audience. Oh well, this was uh, this was wonderful. Yeah. Uh, same time next year. Yeah, same time next year. Do you want to? Do you want to plug a game about? Why not? Uh, yeah. It's time. Well, I mean, if you're on my website, you probably know that I'm a game developer. I did a game about it's free on Steam, and I'm working on something else that I'll try to show some stuff of this year, but mm. uh, no promise on that because uh, it might be pushed back. All right. Well, thank you so much for listening. Uh, my name is Raphael Bennett. I'm Olivier Bouchard. Bye-bye. Bye.